Slaves of Europe, you have a choice. Either you can go into a dire situation like the hunger winter of 1945 to 1949, or you can let us take care of all of your taxation and all of your financial troubles. That is all. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, September 15th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 339er. This is No Agenda. Enjoying my RFID tooth implant here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Gitmo Nation Fejuada, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Fejuada? Fejuada. Uh, Qu'est-ce que c'est un fejuada? That's the Brazilian national dish that everybody talks about endlessly. Oh, well, in the and morning. The only either. place you can really have it is in somebody's house. Oh, they don't serve it in restaurants? I, I think they do, but nobody orders it in a restaurant because their mom makes it better. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Like pancakes. I won't, I won't have pancakes anywhere else but here. Hey, John, in yeah, the morning to you there in Brasilia. That's uh, pretty awesome that uh, you're able to connect from there. Woo! Yeah, well, it wasn't easy. I have to thank uh, Eric Lieb, who is um, runs. Uh, what's the name of this? It's, it's I can, for some reason never remember it. The television, uh, just, TV. just TV, is so easy. It's so hard for me to remember <laughs> that. It's so difficult. That's like the main but television anyway, station. TV. So I'm in the I'm in their studios on on, on a pretty good line. Well, so is, is, okay. is this like a terrestrial broadcast uh, channel or no? All IPTV. No, really. Is it big? They have a big audience. They're huge. Why don't we simulcast it? They should have a camera on you right now. Uh, they do television. We don't do any. There's no visuals on our show, thank God. <laughs> so, well, what you doing there? Sorry? What you doing there? Uh, there was a Futurecom event, which is uh, I gave a speech to at, and... Uh, so they flew me down to do the speech, and I, you know, it was this paid speech, obviously. So I, 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 otherwise, I don't leave the house. And um, <laughs> yeah. so I'm coming back uh, later this week. We eat. I can just hear the family joyous in Washington in Walla Walla. Send him away. <laughs> we eat once again. So you've been to Brazil before? I've never been actually. I, I've never been to uh, South America. Yeah, I've been here a half a dozen times. And you like it? It's a it's a kick. I, I really do like. I mean, the people are great. They're social animals. The Brazilians, unlike any place else in the world, I think they're the most social uh, culture. Period. I mean, they, if they get a chance, they'll throw a party around you, and um, they uh, <laughs> and the food here is fe- spectacular. Yeah. It's very you know, and they have these these barbecue places called churrascarias, which serve all kinds of pieces of meat. And uh, the Italian restaurants here are out, uh, world class. Are in the same league as Italy. And yeah, no, it's a very accepted visually. Towns like Sao Paulo, which is where I am, uh-huh. are leave a lot to be desired. I will say though, uh, Brazil has uh, the most awesome, most beautiful transsexuals in the world. I don't know. I mean, I, it's a possibility. You can't <laughs> tell they're so good looking. Apparently, but, but I went to the. Uh, I, I do have some photos. I'll be blogging uh, from the Futurecom event because in Brazil they still. Uh, uh, pride themselves with booth bimbos mm. who are killers mm. so you got to so check them out i'm telling you that's them that's where they're all working well you take a look at these pictures and see if you can spot the transsexual i dare you <laughs> wait a minute hold so, on it's a new game from no agenda spot the tranny so the thing is i actually uh did, 
I think they're like at these at these trade shows. I think these girls are like tourist attractions because they have they they'll be in the booth and some a bunch of guys will be around. They're taking their pictures. I mean, they just swarm to the booths just to take the pictures of these women. I got to get me and, one of them uh, gigs, man. I got to go down there. This sounds like uh, awesome. I got to get me a trade look show. Look at the photos I post on the blog, dvork.org slash blog. You're just teasing yeah. me now. Now you're, now you're just teasing me. No, no, me. I'm going to post them. As soon as I get back, I'm going to post everything. <laughs> Unfortunately, the reason there's a couple of problems I had on this trip is technology problems. Ooh. Let me explain. Please. First of all, I've got no clips, but I do have clips. Oh, you and do? the reason is is because I'm using a class six or a class eight SD card, and my reader will oh, not read anything. Oh, you can't and read this it. class thing with these readers is ridiculous to me. What difference does it make? Why do you? Why would a class six be any different than a class eight or a class four or, or the what, before they had classes? What is this? Is an SD card that that your your laptop can't read? Is that what I'm understanding? Exactly. And so then, and I didn't bring the right USB cable because I didn't think I needed one. And uh, the next thing you know, um, I've got these, I've got both photos that I wanted to blog and uh, sound clips that I wanted to use that I can't read because of the lack of the uh, interface because because of these new, you know, people don't realize that these cards have got, you know, they're, they're not, they're not all, not all SD cards are the same and some old devices won't take some of the newer cards. Because of, I don't know why they don't think ahead, to be honest about it. It seems to me that you would have immediately, you know, this has to do with capacity, but you'd think that these guys would would dream up a system that would take it to like a terabyte yeah. on a SD card and not worry about it, but that's not the case. Well, we're a fine pair then this morning. You uh, you can't read your, your class 8, and, uh, and I've got a class D part 15 RFID chip now implanted in my tooth. I've you probably it. do. Is it hurt? Yeah, it throbs. Yeah. So, was, so I take it you went you went to the dentist. You warned us about this. Yeah. And you now have uh, they had to drill down yeah. to your through the gums and down to the bone down yeah. to the base of and your then skull. They, and then they they don't screw in the post anymore. They used to screw them like wood screws. Now it's just you know they drill in there and then they put a metal pin in there and then they glue it in. Oh, the glue on that won't hold. <laughs> Cement, whatever it is. And I always want the dentist uh, or endodontist slash uh, um, prosthodontist, prosteodontist, whatever it is. I always want them to tell me what they're doing. So if you would just tell me, just I hate while they're at, doing it. It's yeah. disgusting. No, I, and I and I and now I, drilling through your brain. Yeah, that, that's basically what he said. Right, and he's like this huge long drill. Like now, watch this. <sighs> And I was like, yeah, I was like, what is the compound? Well, it's a fuckalaka vaka vaka. Well, tell me more about it. He's from Germany. Uh huh. Yeah, does it have a brand name? Yeah, I just keep going. <laughs> brand name. You're doing this while this guy's in your mouth, as it were? Yeah. <laughs> that is a ringtone right there, everybody. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're, we're, we're just barely getting by, everybody, but here we are. And in the morning to you, John, there in uh, Sudamerica. And in the morning to you and all ships at sea, in the morning to feet on the ground and the boots in the air. And, of course, uh, we do have a number of our human resources all lined up, ready to go. Uh, good to go in our chat room. They're charged up at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. And we're very happy to have you all here because uh, there's plenty going on. Number one, John, uh, we have uh, we have a new meme. It is no <laughs> The lone wolf is over. It's gone. Replaced. 
We have a new one. So that's no good for us. We like that. that no, it's effect. very no, it's very good, and I have plenty of new sound effects because the new meme is brought to us by Vice Presidente Joe O'Biden. You once said that the idea of there being a massive attack in the United States like 9-11 is unlikely, end quote. What is most likely at this moment in history in terms of a terror action, Mr. Vice President? Uh... Well, and the thing we're all most worried about is what they call the Lone Ranger, a lone actor. <laughs> there you go. It's the Lone Ranger, everybody. <laughs> is this guy a dick or what? Hey, John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you've found a winner. That's, why don't we just demean one of our folk heroes? Are you silver? That's our new jingle. <laughs> He's such an idiot, he can't even read the script. Everyone's talking about Lone Wolf, but no, not Joe Biden. Attacking the United States like here, nine here, here it comes again. 11 is unlikely, end quote. What is most likely at this moment in history in terms of a terror action, Mr. Vice President? Well, and the thing we're all most worried about is what they call a Lone Ranger, a Lone Actor. Now, I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm like, really? So first of all, he's an idiot because he, he's just not sticking to the script and he's just like, uh, yeah, I'll go on. I'll talk to Ann Curry, whatever. It's a Lone Ranger. But then he keeps saying this word actor. And I think that this is actually the subtle new change in the messaging. Listen to a little bit more. Uh, not some extremely complicated plan like it took to take down the, the World Trade Towers or the plane in Shanksville or the Pentagon. Doesn't mean those things couldn't happen, but they are much less likely. The lone actor is the more, is the more worrisome thing. Because so it's not just actor, it's the lone actor. Now, allow me to read you the definition from Webster's of actor. Uh, noun, a person whose profession is acting on the stage in movies or television. Uh, two, a person who behaves in a way that is not genuine. In war, one must be a good actor. So, is he basically just saying that this is all phony, that these are all actors, all these guys who are like pretending to... Uh, I mean, not, he's not lying, I guess. Literally, we can be on the lookout for actors hired by the uh, Department of Homeland Security to go out and pretend to cause terror. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think this is a conclusion we've drawn uh, that, you know, most of this is, uh, you know, a false flag. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what an actor would do. Maybe you think it may be just a Freudian slip. No, he keeps saying actor, actor, actor. It's all about actors. Now, I, live in a, I live in a town full of actors. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, there is a... Uh, there is a, a third on the list, a participant in an action or process. Employers are key actors within industrial relations, but not really like an, an actor. I don't know. It's uh, I, I find it uh, curious, to say the least, particularly because well, he then talks about the Lone Ranger, an actual actor. Yeah, and a childhood folk hero. I don't know. I, you know, they should just keep this guy off the air and let Obama do the acting. <laughs> well, Obama's not too good either. He's uh, so I know you've been in Brazil, so you haven't been able to follow everything. But he's been going around uh, uh, around the town. 
<laughs> Am not, I actually missing anything? Because he seems to be giving this exact same speech over and over and over. Well, has he modified it? Well, there's there's a couple there's a couple of things going on. So uh, let me see. First of all, let me see where is it. So he was he's like he was like in Ohio. He's in North Carolina. So he's in um, this is North Carolina, I believe me, and I believe, and I, and of course he's. He's going out. He's trying to get everyone to get on board with this uh, jobs bill, the American Jobs Act, which is not a bill yet, as far as I know. It's uh, it's just some some uh, like a one pager that's been published, and of course everyone's. Well, ta- he held up last time. Last time I looked, he held up a big, giant, thick document that claimed that that would. He claimed this was the bill. Oh, I have not seen that yet. It, it has yet. He to was be- holding it up like a, like a preacher holds one of those sagging Bibles. <laughs> it has yet to be published. I have not seen it. I, I've seen a one-pager on WhiteHouse.gov, which kind of outlines it. But a bill, you know, that's it's filled with legalese that has to replace things and other texts, and it's a it's a very complicated thing. And of course, whatever, regardless of what it is, we have to pass it now. We've got to pass it now. And he's in North Carolina. What now? That's the problem. What is he in? And why is he in such a hurry? Well, I, I, I have some ideas about that. First, uh, let's listen to how desperate he's really become. And for those of you who are in other parts of Gitmo Nation uh, around the world, around this globe, um, this testicular object we call home, planet Earth, uh, you know, this is like the, the this is supposed to save our uh, American economy. Uh, and it's very unclear what it is. It's just, you know, it just seems like a bunch of crap. But this is how desperate he is. He's talking to some uh, some folks in uh, North Carolina. And this is this is pretty funny. We need to build an economy that lasts. And Raleigh, that starts now. Starts now. I love you back. That starts. But if you love me, if you love me, you got to help me pass this bill. (laughs) Not once, but twice. If you love me, you got to help me pass this bill. If you love me, if you love me. This is a great song lyric. If you love me, you got to help me pass this bill. That's pathetic. That is totally pathetic. So have you seen the new site that's floating around? Well, wait, 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 before we get to that, because I know exactly what we're going to talk about. Before we get to that, let me give you two more little thingies here. So he's in, uh, now he's in Ohio, and he's at some... Uh, um, what is it? He's at some high school, and he's uh, he's so. Ing- this is all set up, right? So they've had producers go in there because, of course, it's all television show. They've already had producers go in. Um, they've uh, they've they've set it all up. They've they've rehearsed the kids to uh, start this chant, which is now pass this bill, pass this bill. This is what's it's going on continuously. Oh, yeah, that's gonna do it. And uh, he, so he comes out, and he's 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 such he's so programmed that he he's even stumbling through the opening remarks. And well, you'll hear it. Uh, it is uh, it is a great honor to be here at Fort Hayes, one of the best high schools in Ohio. I want to thank Tom for that introduction. Uh, he just gave me a quick tour. Uh, and let me just say, this building, these buildings look great. So instead of this, these buildings, he says this bill. 
he's so, he's so preoccupied. Uh, yeah. And let me just say, this building, these buildings look great. <laughs> he does. He did, he's so insincere. You don't give a crap about the buildings. It's all about this bill. I mean, these buildings. Are, to be done. And let's do it. Let's do, do it. it. Come on, so kids. Now, listen. Congress. You can actually hear the producers in the background because the crowd is quiet. They're not riled up. They're completely quiet. And you hear the producers with their scripts banging their hands above their heads to get everyone to start doing the chant. Listen. Pass this bill right away. I've been on so many TV shows and sets. This is how it works. It's pre-prepped. Yeah, why don't you exp- explain to people listening what a warm-up man does? Yeah, so uh, on every single show where there's an audience, whether it's live, pre-taped, doesn't matter, for at least half an hour, sometimes an hour before the show starts, you've got a number of people sometimes, uh, but typically uh, you've got a producer, you know, guy with headset on with a, with a communication device looking all important and stuff. And he's going to, all right, everybody over here, we're going to get now, we're all going to practice because when the president comes out, we're going to practice something. So I want you all over here, I want to say, pass this bill, pass this bill. And he's got a script in his hand and he's always like slapping it against his other hand. This is, I mean, if only we could have boots on the ground to go look at some of this stuff because I'm telling you, this is happening. This is set up and it's a television experience. Right, and, and a lot of the times that 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 uh, these are high school kids. Often, these are high school kids. All they're thinking is, "I want to get laid." They don't care about the bill, exactly. And then these these producers, by the way, many of them are actually cheerleaders that can really get an audience worked up. I've seen guys that just make an audience go crazy with a you know they can make them applaud. They get in front of them during the presentation, and these guys, the audience goes nuts with some of these guys. It's this is obviously a big setup. But I was wondering the following, which is that you, if you remember, about two years ago, we did one of these Obama things, and and there was the somebody yelling out, "I love you," and he he didn't have much to say. He said, "I love you too." It was unrehearsed, right? But now it seems like that "I love you" thing was rehearsed, and that whole thing seemed like a script. Ooh, should we listen to that again just to just to check that? I don't know. I, I work to see. be done. There are workers ready to do it. So let's tell Congress pass this bill right away. Wait a minute. Sorry, that was the wrong one. Ugh, my mistake. Here we go. We need to build an economy that lasts, and Raleigh, that starts now. I love you back. You know, that's a good point, because he it sounded almost like he was waiting for it. And the key word was, it starts now. And it sure didn't sound like a high school guy to me. Well, it could have been one of the guys from the football team, but that's kind of curious. <laughs> one of the <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's like the guy is a linebacker. I love you, Brock! <laughs> we need to build an economy that lasts. And Raleigh, that starts now. I love you back. Buenas tardes, te quiero. Hmm. Anyway, so it's uh, it's it's really just sad because me in the meantime, people are starving. We're not doing good. No, and we're not going to do any good, whether the bill passes or not. The whole thing's ridiculous. And besides that, this it's already even some Democrats are bailing out on him. This this is not going to go anywhere. I, I think he's just wasting his time. The question is, is he get, is it going to? Affect him with the in the public eye as either a failure or there are the or will the 
public turn on the Republicans because he's going to try to convince everybody that this is not really a new tax bill. I've been reading more and more that uh, there's the, once again it's cropping up that you know he may he may just not run for re-election. Yeah, well, that's one of our theories. So we we would we need, win. Yeah, we we would need something. But who would run? He said, let's think about that for a second. Who would run? Would Biden run? Or Biden? <laughs> or would would Hillary jump in? Because they're not going to let her run. We already figured that out, and we know the reasons right, why. Right. Yeah. So who would it be? Well, you and I could run on the Democratic ticket. <laughs> that would rock. Yeah, yeah. we could win. Yeah. And then they blame us. So there was uh, something that came out uh, that I immediately identified. I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. Uh, big news here. <laughs> big news is that uh, cholesterol is... You okay? Sorry, I'm looking for my little red book. <laughs> you brought it with you. Good. <laughs> Couldn't bring an SD card reader, but he brought the damn book. <laughs> I have an SD built into the machine. All the good it does. So there's a, a big news out here in the, the United States of Gitmo Nation, and and I and when I heard this, I immediately like, oh, I've got to I've got to look into this, and I was right, I believe. Uh, new research suggests that high cholesterol levels could boost the risk of Alzheimer's disease by creating more brain clogging bits known as plaque. Now, we've been on this Alzheimer's thing for what, John? Months now, we've been tracking this, waiting for it. You know, and then once in a while, there's a little. A uh, little thing about, oh, maybe there's a vaccine, and you know, I've been tracking the vaccines. But now, all of a sudden, it all comes into clear view. This is about Lipitor going out of patent right in uh, November, in fact. So they've got to start it up now. And then all of a sudden, there's this magical study, which really, if you look way down into the study, says, well, you know, it, it, uh, it could be. But the headline is... Uh, it could be. Yeah. No, the headline is high cholesterol might be linked to Alzheimer's disease. So um, let me just remind you uh, of the drugs that are coming off patent, which means that uh, now any generic uh, or or even a brand can be made of the same drug, except they don't have to pay the licensing fees to, in this case, uh, Lipitor is Pfizer, I believe. Um so here it is, uh, according to IBIS World, industry research firm, uh, some of the blockbuster drugs whose patents expire this year are the cholesterol buster Lipitor, and then we have Zyprexa, we have some other uh, other antibiotics and other things, but the big one is Lipitor. Uh, Lipitor is responsible, the sales of Lipitor, as we've discussed in this program, in the United States alone, is more than the entire gross revenue of the music business. Okay, just to give you, that's, you know, Lady Gaga, Beatles back catalog, everything all combined, Lipitor outsells that. So it's a big deal to Pfizer to keep uh, Lipitor somehow on the books or to be able to sell it as something new. So I go and take a look at uh, uh, at this research done by, uh, let me see, the Association of Alzheimer's. This is the research that is being quoted and I have to say, it's it's unbelievable. I can't, no, I, I actually cannot believe that no one does this when they hear these reports. Like, go read the report, journalist. Is it that hard? 
So it's uh, you can find it at neurology.org, Association of Alzheimer Disease Pathology with Abnormal Lipid Meta- Metabolism. This is the Hisayama study, which is now being quoted everywhere in the press as, as great news because we can stop you from being a demented, babbling, retarded idiot by uh, giving you Lipitor. And there's a little section called Disclosure on the report. Now, I it would take me 10 minutes to read the entire thing. But let me uh, highlight uh, a, a couple of uh, the researchers here. Uh, and it's all written together too. The uh, and, and while, you, while you're doing that, let me. Can I point something funny out please. that I just ran into yes. while looking this up? Sure. Apparently, in uh, and this was, I guess, a lot. There was a lot of news along these lines that in 2008, around the April time frame, a slew of neurological studies came out. And I'll just read one headline which summarizes them all. Lipitor, no help for dementia of Alzheimer's patients. <laughs> really? It says it right yeah. there? If you, look up, if you look up Alzheimer's with an S, Lipitor, yeah. you will get a series of links mostly related, mostly around 2008 saying this is bull crap. And so, so they obviously just waited for this to die down. Yeah, they actually they come up with the, hire some guys and come up with a phony report. So uh, here are the guys, and uh, in this, uh, so here's the main guy, Dr. Kanba, uh, serves as a scientific, ad- so these are his disclosure notes on this study. Just to let you know that, his, his, you know, besides doing this great study where it turns out that, hey, you know, if you, ha- if you lower cholesterol, uh, you know, you can reduce uh, the, the entire risk of Alzheimer's. And here's some other things I do. Uh, Dr. Kamba serves on a scientific advisory board for Astellas Pharma, Inc., serves or has served on editorial advisory boards for Molecular Psychiatry, the Journal of Neuroscience, the Asian Journal of Psychiatry, blah, 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 has received speaker honoraria from Janssen, Shanghai Sumara Pharmaceuticals, and a couple more Japanese ones, and then it goes on, has served as consultant for Eli Lilly and Company, GlaxoSmithKline, Pfizer, Inc., Mitsubishi Tanabe Pharma Corporation, Ono Pharmaceutical Company, and then it actually says, has received research support and has received research support from Eli Lilly and company, GlaxoSmithKline, Pfizer, Inc., Asai, Kasai, Katsuka, Tuka, Taka, Tuka, Taka, Taka, Taka. So they paid for it. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, apparently. They're, I think these guys are, are really desperate. But they're, they're going to try to pull something off before this thing fails. In other words, the patent runs out. Well, this is it. I mean, it runs out in November. This is it. This is this is the one. So they're trying to hype this up, and it's it. You watch, it's uh, it's getting legs because this is a, this is a very popular drug. It uh, soon will be available. I'm um, to understand over the counter, so you won't even have to have a prescription for it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. People will just be buying that and popping it. Just popping, <laughs> popping Lipitor. Hey, man, you got a Lipitor for me? I know plenty of people. You know, th- this is what doctors do. They go, well, you know, you're now 40, uh, Mr. Curry. I'm sorry, 47. Yeah, you really need to think about your cholesterol. Just in case, you know, let's just uh, give you some Lipitor. Lots of people take this. They, they've been scared into submission. My doctor once pointed out to me over the years, he says he's always noticed that there's a uh, an acceptable level, supposedly, of... Uh, of cholesterol, and, and he says it's. He says over the last twenty five years, every two or three years, it changes, and they keep lowering it and lowering it to get to bring more and more people into the fold of doping them up with Lipitor. Yeah. So, uh, 
No Agenda producers, keep your eye on this. You'll be seeing plenty of news reports about this. Plenty of them. So the thing I was going to mention earlier, which is the uh, attack watch, found that seen that blog posting is the new the, the anti smear. Yes, Obama. Atta- yes, attackwatch.com. Is that yeah. what, that what you're referring to? No, no. This this one's a different one, but it's the same basic thing. So they're already gearing us up for the fact that whatever anyone criticizes Obama, this this one's actually an email list I subscribe to. That uh, will give me uh, a quick alerts anytime there's a smear that needs to be fought somehow by my posting things. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Th- um, if you go to attackwatch.com, this is what everyone's talking about here. Well, meanwhile, well, you're calibrating around with trannies in Brazil. Yeah, you know, we're actually paying attention. <coughs> attackwatch.com, <coughs> excuse me, uh, which is paid for by Obama for America. Uh, join attack wire help stop the attacks on the president before they start when another unfounded attack surfaces we'll arm you with the truth so you can share the facts with your friends and family and then you go to attackwatch.com and it's a it's kind of ominous it's a black red and white website look at this because a lot of people are saying that these are the colors of the nazis which uh <laughs> i found to, yeah. found to be kind of uh interesting well, a good one and they have a twitter feed Opponents are using smears to undermine the success of President Obama's auto rescue. Get the facts. Public figures weigh in with outlandish claims about President Obama's record on legal firearms. Get the facts. And by the way, for people who out said that the red, black, and uh, white, white uh, color scheme, they have to realize that uh, one of the great graphic designers of the United States, uh, Roger Black, who did the Rolling Stone logo, among other uh, kind of fancy things, he's the one who's promoted this color scheme, not the Nazis. No, maybe he was a Nazi. Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's yeah. I don't think so. So, of course, it uh, just happens to be very attractive. What's kind of nice, though, is that people are taking, uh, I think, a, in a way, a cu- it's probably a, a trend, not that we're responsible for, but people are really um, starting to do some fun things with this idiocy, and they're starting to create fun little little bits and stuff. Uh, this I may play the whole thing at the end of the show. Uh, here's someone who's made a spoof ad. Uh, it's video, but uh, the audio is pretty funny, of uh, Attack Watch. Attack campaign website to expose the right-wing lies about President Obama. Get the facts. Fight the smears. Attackwatch.com is where you can report attacks on President Obama. If you heard an ad on the radio or television. If you saw a suspicious website. If you heard a friend spreading rumors. Let us know. <laughs> Attackwatch. Rick Perry lied about the stimulus. Sure, the unemployment rate has gone up as a whole, but come on. Think of how many more jobs Obama has saved. Attack <laughs> Stop asking how you can measure safe jobs. Attack Watch. It's not just Attack Watch. It's AttackWatch.com. Because normal websites put their full URL in their homepage banners. Attack Watch. <laughs> Romney blamed Obama. It just goes on and on and on. But it's cute. Yeah, it's very funny. It sounds actually like some other broadcaster I've heard before. Um, who does Prison Planet? What's his name? Anyway, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you mean Alex Jones? 
Doesn't it sound like Alex Jones? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I think he would be insulted. He would be insulted. <laughs> Listen, people. The New World Order is real. I'm not making this up. I have all the documents. That's my Alex Jones for today. Yeah. I think you should work on your Obama more. So, uh, so my son, Buzzkill Jr., uh, he sends me, he's, he was completely baffled by this, and he doesn't know whether he got it from, he doesn't know what mailing list he got it from, but it came from, but he, it was a mailing list thing, because it has, you know, it's to a lot of people, and I didn't get one. I don't know if you got one. No. But it came from the Mac, May, it's a macroeconomic research at, at Moody's.com. No. And he thinks it may have been, he may have said, I think he signed up at WhiteHouse.gov. If you didn't get it, though, because I think you subscribe at WhiteHouse.gov. Yeah, I, I, I signed up to all the WhiteHouse.gov stuff, so I don't know what that is. Well, I don't, he doesn't know how he got this, but it's a Mark Zandi, an analysis of the Obama jobs plan, and he's the chief economist at Moody's Analytics. Hmm. And he sent out this thing talking about why we should, you know, why, why, why this jobs plan is so important, including, uh, let me just read you the points. They're stupid. President Obama's job proposal would help stabilize confidence and keep the U.S. from sliding back into recession. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, right. It would do that uh-huh. magically. Ooh, magic. Yeah. The plan would add 2% points to GDP growth next year, add 1.9 million jobs, and cut the unemployment rate by a percentage point? Uh-huh. Okay. How does that work? The plan would cost about $450 billion, about $250 billion in tax cuts, and $250 billion in spending increases. How, and how does that – can you dissect that for me? No, I can't. I'm, I'm actually – I'm looking. This uh, So this guy's – this email, I guess, was also published in the Washington Post, apparently. How does uh, – can you dissect this? It, you get 250 – you're going to spend $450, $450 billion, and you're going to cut $250 billion in taxes, and you're going to spend more $200 billion more? That sounds like a ne- – that does sound like a negative number to me. Um, anyway, my, my many of the president's are proposals are like unlikely to pass Congress, but the most important have a chance of winning by most important. So this thing's going to be segmented. I don't know. I just found that the that this kind of this is the propaganda that people should be fighting. Well, this is interesting. Uh, Mark Zandi was born in Atlanta uh, of Iranian descent and grew up in Randor, Radnor, Pennsylvania. He attended Upper Marin, Marion High School, where in his diploma. Blah, 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 went to Wharton School of Business, University of Pennsylvania, which we know is where all the spooks are trained. His surname of Zandi comes from the Zand Dynasty, which ruled southern and south-central Iran in the 18th century. He's an elite. Yeah, by the uh, of the highest order. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think this is all mute or moot. Not mute. <laughs> it's mute, too. Wait a minute, this is mute. I think it's all mute. It's all mute. <laughs> Let me make a mute point here for a second. This is all mute. We got to change this. From mute to mute. Uh, Richard Branson uh, knows how to save us. Are you ready for Richard Branson's plan? The, uh, yep. the chairman of Virgin? Well, if I was um, running, running America, um, I, I would make sure that the 10% of people who are out of work uh, were given jobs. And the way I would do that was I would say to companies, you know, get out there, talk to your workforce, find out how many of them are willing to work 
uh, a 50 percent, 50, 50% uh, of the year rather than 100 percent of the year. Uh, how many are willing to job share? How many more would be willing to go part time? Uh, and you will find that in every com company, there's something like 10 to 20 percent of the workforce who would actually like to work less hours. They can afford to work less hours, maybe because their partner's working less hours. Is this guy already on the moon? What, what planet are you from, Branson? So he actually runs companies? Yeah, and he's like, with, with there this are, idea? There are see, this is what yeah. you had a theory some time back, which I... That he does, that he runs brand, nothing. He's just a front man for God yes, knows who. He, runs, he's at the, he was interviewed while he's promoting a new wristwatch. That's why he was on television. He was promoting a new wristwatch. He's just a pitch man. The guy can't run. He can't run anything. I'm sorry. He may have been great. He discovered, you know, Mike Oldfield and did tubular bells and all that. And, you know, maybe maybe Boy George, I can call him one of his inventions. And, you know, but please, it goes, it's insane. He has no idea. Just no idea. And, and in that way, you could, you could share the amount of work that, that, that is out there. To, you know, take, I think, as, as much as sort of 7.5% of the unemployment problem uh, off the streets and back into doing, you know, get, earning, earning some money. Um, and I think that would, that would deal with a lot of the, the problems of riots. At the moment, you've got people in America working, you know, 50 out of 52 weeks working, only getting two weeks holidays, which is pretty miserable. Um, That's so miserable. Maybe you should take more vacation. This is Richard Branson's <laughs> plan. Take more vacation and we'll solve unemployment. It's fantastic. <laughs> This is pretty wow. miserable. That's a clip of the day. You win again. That's the third, third show in a row. This is pretty miserable. You have only two weeks vacation. I, I think you should he jump share. Like some guy in parliament. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You need to jump share. Jump share, I tell you. You, you can do with 50% of your money, can't you? Jump share. <laughs> hey, by the way, I just got my water and electricity bill for uh, July and August. Yeah, did they screw you? Yeah. It's exactly the same as when I was living here the two months prior. So now what course Wait, of action do I have? You weren't even there. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't here for almost six weeks. You were on the road. You were on the road in the in the RV. But I made sure everything was off. The water was turned off. Well, not the mains, but uh, the you know uh, uh, the pool uh, refiller was off. I made sure that the air conditioner was off. Uh, the only thing that was running was... Uh, uh, the the computer that runs the uh, the no agenda stream and uh, my mail server computer everything else was off it's exactly the same so now what do I do I think you could you should go to the public utilities commission and, and see what happens yeah but let me give you some advance warning they don't do anything the no they don't utilities commissions in this country have been so defanged in every state and locality that it's laughable that they're still getting money we should they should all be fired but but as again that's what you should do it, it, it it's ridiculous so, so to me this proves and we don't have a smart meter yet but to me this proves they just they just slap you know like whatever the average is just give it to the guy and print it up on the statement they make a little graph the usage it's the same usage I'm gonna. I'm gonna scan these documents. I'm gonna. I gotta publish them. It, it, it's infuriating because, of course, I have no de discourse. I have no place to go. No one's gonna give a crap about me. But I am being ripped off seriously. And this was a test. Remember, we were talking about this. Like, I can't wait to see what my bill's gonna be like. It is exactly the same. Yeah, and you were gone for five weeks. More, f five and a half, five and a half weeks. Yeah, you had plenty of buffer. 
So I think yeah. it should have at least been, you know, no more than 70% of the typical bill. And and here it is. It's uh, it's exactly the same. Exactly the same. 1400 bucks for 2 months of water and electricity. Are you freaking kidding me? Really? Yeah. I mean, I might as well have a grow house. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. It's going to be the same bill anyway. Yeah. In fact, I'm I'm paying for a grow house. I'm surprised they're not knocking on my door, see if I'm growing something. Uh-huh. Oh, we're moving. I'm getting out of this godforsaken state. Very. What other corrupt state you're going to move to? Texas. Yeah. The home of Katy Perry. <laughs> well, at, at no, least Rick Perry. I'm sorry. At, at least Katy Perry will be president. We won't have to deal with him as governor. That's the good news. He'll be out. Let's so thank, let's uh, thank some yeah, producers. Exactly. How do we do today? So we have, uh, besides uh, Eric Lieb, who will be an executive producer for loaning uh, this, this studio, uh, we have we start off with an anonymous donation, not no location north of nowhere, mm. $421.24 uh, in the morning. Wood? In the, oh, gee, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know sorry. people are getting hyped up about the Adam Curry Molly Wood show. In the morning wood. That's right. Yeah. Oh, in the morning wood. Yeah. Is that the name of it? That's great. Yeah. In the morning wood.com. It's all good to go, man. <laughs> it's just, uh, please just read this uh, as from anonymous, no name or location. Thanks. Donating to you guys is like a GMO crack. <laughs> I only wish I could do it more. Well, so anonymous. That's thank we you. We need more people like him. Hell yeah. Whoever he is. Sir John Smith came in with a couple hundred bucks uh, from, uh, and he's an associate executive producer, and then Kate Marengo. In Chicago, uh, also 200. And Smith says, normally I have some smart-ass remark but, uh, to make, but today is just too depressing. It's not just a sad day for those who died talking about 9-11, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow will mark the day of all of, that all of us become suspects. I know some of us support Ron Paul, but please don't forget John and Adam. Didn't we get this last week? Uh, just, so uh, not, not only are the donations uh, weaker than, uh, than last week, we're rereading them. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed that. I'm pretty sure we but did this okay. one. But that's okay. Maybe John will <laughs> Maybe he don't, Yeah, maybe he did it again. I don't know. And so that's all our ex- ex- producers for today. No, no, so no. That's not true. I have a, a, a Kate Marengo. Did you yeah, get... I just said Kate Marengo. I'm so- oh, I'm sorry. That's it? No, I back read. I said John oh, and Kate, okay. and then I all went right, back gotcha. and read his. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, of course, we do appreciate so that's the that thanks support. Thanks we get for la- our last show on Sunday, which was must have been a turkey since we had like a lot of executive producers. Then I don't know. Well, anyway, if you do appreciate the work that we're doing uh, from any location in any state of mind or physical health, Dvorak.org slash na. And uh, Sir John Smith is right. Uh, e- even if you are uh, sending money to your favorite political candidate, uh, uh, it makes it tougher. Uh, you know what you should do? You should just take more vacation. Listen to Richard Branson. Work half half time and send more money to us so we can continue to work more and watch more C-SPAN for you. A couple of PR efforts uh, that did come in, which are always fun. Uh, a couple of uh, domain names that are forwarding to noagendashow.com, uberdarksouls.com. Uh, Adam, you probably won't understand what this is about, but there is a video game called Dark Souls, and I was going to build a website for him, but decided not to. So I'm just going to forward this domain to you, uberdarksouls.com. Uh, then we have some pretty fun ones. Uh, Pete Dobson clearly listened to the last show. We really do appreciate that. Center for Strategic Counterterrorism Communications.com. Hey! 
<laughs> you know we're going to get in trouble for that one. Someone's going to be like, Miss um, Clinton, Miss Clinton, Lucifer, uh, we need to register our, uh, our domain names. But Center for Strategic Counterterrorism Communications.com has been taken. As has DigitalOutreachTeam.com, which I think is just about the best URL I've heard in the past couple of months. Which is uh, Hillary's name for her techno experts. Yeah, no, I think we should actually turn that into something. Digital A outreach money-making team. scheme. That's my idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, another money-making scheme. Great. <laughs> Deceiveus.com, now forwarding to a No Agenda Show. Very good. HaveCameraWillFire.com, which is good. Like that. Um, and this, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeff Yerke comes in, he slides in home with attackvectordashboard.com. There's our product, John. We have the domain name. We just need to make up the product. Well, why don't we get some funding first? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk to some VC. Hey, John. Well, you know, there's a a CIA VC down in uh, Silicon Valley. We can talk to them. Hey, John Doerr. Listen, we've got a great idea. It's called Attack Vector Dashboard. We think all Fortune 500 should have one. Because Vivek Kundra said so. Our marketing materials can even be, as the uh, great Vivek Kundra once said, attack vector dashboards are the future of corporate IT. Get yours now. From Curry Dvorak Enterprises, Inc. Scott McKenzie wants us to know that uh, One Day in Gitmo Nation uh, has just been released as a special limited edition hardback and uh, you can uh, buy this from uh, lulu.com. The price is $33.33. Or, of course, you can get it from uh, noagendanovels.com. 66% of the proceeds uh, goes to uh, the show. So we highly appreciate that. And it will only available be available for the last 111 days of this year. Do <laughs> you think he's into numerology somehow? I think he's got one too many numerological uh, gimmicks, but you never know. So and You can't have too many. <clears throat> when I got this great email from Nate in New York, who said that he was shocked to learn there was a No Agenda bingo game mentioned on last Thursday's show. Shocked, I tell you. Especially since I actually programmed one and put one up a few months back, but never actually took the time to write in and tell you. Yeah, that, that would not be the way to promote things, uh, Nate. But anyway, noagendabingo.com is actually, it's really, really good. Uh, you should check it out, John. No, noagendabingo.com because it uh, it actually has, uh, it's nice because it has the layout of the board and it has the uh, the rules right there on the left and it's called No Agendo. Uh, but it has, it has, it has, it has. I was looking at it on this Brazilian computer and I was thinking, wow, they translate stuff on the fly. <laughs> but here, let me just give you an idea of some of the things you could cross off if you were playing during today's show. The word nights, uh, pre-roll, trains good, planes bad, phone rings in background. See, this is not just things we say, but things that happen. Uh, Mickey in background, you could cross that one off. A Dvorak wine tip. Um, Adam, way late with sound clip. Thanks. Oh, we got that one crossed off. on Bill Mayer, overmodulated. <laughs> Dvorak <laughs> saying it's an outstanding product. Adam looks up word. Dvorak mispronounces vegan. Dvorak's loud keyboard. Dvorak hates the cloud. There's a lot of Dvorak here. <laughs> Hating on Joy Behar. 
But they just randomize the board and you can get more. Hating on Nancy Pelosi, hating on San Francisco. It's good. It's very, very funny. <laughs> it's a, and you can also, yeah. and of course, there's a donate link uh, right there on the on the page. So I think that's uh, very cool. We, we appreciate everything you guys do. Uh, I know it's a weird time of the year. Everyone's getting back to work. Everyone's getting back to uh, getting back to school or whatever you're doing or getting back to 50% of your job. And uh, uh, please do continue to think of uh, the work that we're doing because it is all we do, except for John, apparently, who can take these nice little uh, strolls down to South America to go tranny hunting. <laughs> That's Mickey saying Sim. hi. What? Nothing. So, um, okay. So, uh, once well, again... I think I, I'm a little disappointed. Dvorak.org slash NA... Uh, ChannelDvorak.com slash Anna Dvorak, or, I'm sorry, NoAgendaNation.com and NoAgendaShow.com are places where people can go to help us out because uh, I think they, they need to, I think we need a little, uh, I don't know if to, maybe nobody listened to the last show. Was there a holiday? I think there was a few weeks ago. I'm not sure. Yeah. So we do thank our executive uh, producer, um, Anonymous, and shall be listed as Anonymous. So if your name is Anonymous, you can list this as a credit. I'm sure a lot of people will put this now on their uh, on their IMDb. And our associate executive producers, John Smith, uh, Sir John Smith, and Kate Marengo, we do highly appreciate you checking in and helping us out. And, of course, if you have uh, anything you'd like to do to help out, you can always propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Here's one for the Red Book. A lot of people nailed this. The uh, Watson, the Jeopardy computer, as predicted, yeah, yeah, as predicted, uh, is set to announce a deal for the health insurer WellPoint that they will be uh, WellPoint will be using the uh, Jeopardy computer uh, in number crunching to help suggest treatment options and diagnoses to doctors. And the only thing we're waiting for next is for uh, IBM's uh, Watson Jeopardy computer to uh, predict uh, global warming trends. And this is actually, it's a, this is a very disturbing trend. Have you seen this? Um, oh, crap. I forgot to write it down. It's this, uh, it's a thing. It's new. It's this, it won some contest. Some kids put together a computer and you can talk to it and you can type in stuff and it uh, uses, it learns like from other conversations it's having with people. You, are you aware of this? No. Um, someone I've is, only heard this all my life, by the way. Well, well, what's bad is it, it's like, uh, come on, someone in the chat room will know what this thing is called. Um, but I'm hearing people whose kids are like on it for you know hours at a time, just like talking to it. And uh, and I tried it, you know, it, it, it comes up with uh, Cleverbot. That's what it is. Thank you, chat room. Hold on a second. Cleverbot. Cleverbot. Uh, I don't know if it's cleverbot.com. Um, but even some of our producers were saying, yeah, yeah, cleverbot.com. Even some of our producers were saying uh, their kids are on it. So let's ask it a question here. Uh, what is the No Agenda show? Ah. And let's see what it comes up with. Okay, it's thinking. And, uh, okay. A star in the north. Great. What? <laughs> I said, what is the No Agenda show? And it says a star in the north. What? 
<laughs> yeah, that's what it says. Let me do shut up, slave. Let's see what it comes back with. Uh, shut up, slave. It should talk. I guess you, there is a... That isn't nice language. Hmm. I guess if you get the uh, the Android or iPhone app, it'll actually talk to you. But anyway, I think I think it's a bad idea that people are... This is a piece of crap to come up with this answer. Yeah. What is the no agenda show? A star in the north. <laughs> it's It's bad. Let me see. And by the way, on another computer in the same office here, yeah, uh, it says uh, it's the opposite of the southern hemisphere. That's really same weird. question. Oh, check this, this out! Oh, check this out! Oh, you'll, you'll love this. I got to take a screenshot. Who is John C. Dvorak? Answer: Leader of the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'm taking a screenshot of yeah, that. You better save that one. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Let me try me now. <laughs> Hold on. A one, wait a minute. When I got because I didn't I didn't use caps. It says I'll ask the questions around here. Oh really? Well, I'm taking a screenshot of that first. That's pretty funny. Okay, this is uh, AI <laughs> is the other computer. <laughs> Hold on. Let me just take that now. Now let me do yeah, me. Yeah, that's a winner. Yeah. Who, Your machine is better than ours. <laughs> who is Adam Curry? Oh boy. Let's see what we come up with. Hmm. Oh, it's, it has to think a long time about this question, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm done with that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. It says, well, actually, mine is more, more elaborate. It says, I don't know who is Adam Torres. So, as I said, this is a bad development that people are starting to trust these stupid-ass machines. But, of course, Watson was promoted as a, as a Jeopardy winner, and that's why it's smart. And so now, I, here, here's, what I, here's what I guess. Uh, oh, maybe I should ask the clever bot. Uh, what can prevent Alzheimer's? So while you're doing that one, I, did, I put in, you are an idiot, and it came back with, you are. It's <laughs> like a 10-year-old. So I'm pretty sure that uh, this brilliant machine, Watson... Is going to uh, uh, stupid answer is going to start uh, saying that well you know what would be really Lipitor 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 and people will believe it because you know I had the thing won on Jeopardy. This is a very very dangerous precedent that's being set. Well. It's whether good. it actually won on Jeopardy is still another issue that we've discussed before. But the fact is, they have a deal with uh, with a healthcare provider, which we predicted. Yep, this is a new way of getting. We had these before. They were called expert systems, and there were a lot of medical expert systems, and they were supposed to replace nurses. And um, they kind of fell out of vogue and fell out of favor. And so they had to re. And they already had the code, so they had to re invigorate the market and so they came up with this watson scheme it's just one of the most clever public relations stunts that you'll ever see in your life good work boys let's ask one more who is john galt (laughs) gotta gotta be my favorite i have no idea of course not you're part of the new world order by ayn rand any excuse yeah any you you created the, the, the you created your own excuse to play that clip i did i hope you're very happy uh, so, uh, you didn't do a show with, um... By the way, we got one question right on these machines. What's that? Who is Barack Obama, the U.S. president? Oh, woo, woot. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Did you, uh, you, didn't, you didn't do a show with, uh, uh, Horowitz, did you? 
this no. week? Uh, because I missed no, it. No, no. I tell you, I, I like that show. I do, do like you? that. Yeah, I do like that show. A I lot think. of people like that show. They really get mad at us when we don't do it. Yeah, that's like the daily source code. It's like I haven't done it in a while, and people are like, Ugh. and then you know, like, like I got time. You know, it's not, not like anyone's paying me to do it. And I don't think you're getting paid for Horowitz's show. Or that you guys don't no, make any I'm money not on that. A nickel. No, it's killing me. I wish people would donate more to the No Agenda show, and then I wouldn't be complaining so much. But of course, uh, there is a lot going on in Europe, and I would like to make a prediction about that. But first, we need to uh, do a quick uh, round and see what's happening. Uh, because we've got uh, more riots going on in uh, Greece, uh, big ones, actually, which you're not seeing on television. We have uh, teachers uh, protesting in Madrid, and, uh, of course, the Roman slaves are also not too happy. Italy's fragile coalition government has lived to see another day, and the country is set for a further bout of austerity after the parliament passed the government's latest plan. The much-altered measures are aimed at putting the brakes on the debt crisis threatening the whole eurozone. The vote in the lower house was effectively a vote of confidence in Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi's government. It survived, but the mixed package of tax hikes and spending cuts designed to balance the budget has exposed deep divisions in the ruling coalition. Deep divisions, too, in the streets of Rome, where anger over the final vote brought clashes between protesters and riot police. Some demonstrators hurled smoke bombs as hundreds of people marched near the parliament. Resign, they shouted at the politicians. Earlier, one former member of Berlusconi's coalition who voted in favor of the measures was heckled as he appeared in the crowd. The trouble illustrates the tension the austerity plan has brought. European institutions, though, will be watching to see whether the government has the stomach to implement the measures it's passed. So I want to uh, make a prediction about what is going to happen to Europe. But first, we do have uh, one listener in uh, Italy. Uh, who uh, producer I should say and a, a and a donor not a boner my sister Willow how sad is that that your sister has to support you well somebody's pretty, gotta do pretty it. pathetic uh, hi there still haven't finished Sunday's episode it's a long one but I thought I'd give you some extra details on austerity measures in Bunga Bunga Land I think she got a kick out of the Bunga Bunga title for our last show uh, so here it is the austerity measures one. The higher retirement age for women, remember we talked about this, John, means that it will become the same as for men. Up until now, men retire at the age of 65 and women at the age of 60. So it only means that it will now be the same age for women as for men, which to me still means go work, bitch. Am I wrong? That's what it sounds like. Two. You know, by the way, this sort of thing is the reason, and a lot of people don't seem to realize this in the United States, that the Equal Rights Amendment never passed. Because it was basically just, it wasn't going to give anybody any more rights than they have. It was going to screw the females. Right. Well, this is exactly, so yeah, this is the same thing. Congratulations, uh, women of Italia. You uh, will need to work five years longer. That's a big deal, actually. I mean, most, of the, right? most countries like, you know, give you two extra years. We have it here in the States, don't we? 67 hasn't been raised now? Is that now official? I don't think so. No, it's no still not official. 65. It's, okay. I think it's still 65. Um, two, the solidarity tax, <laughs> which is a great name. Let's, be, let's have solidarity. Is 3% for those who have an income above 300,000 euros. However, only 35,000 Italians declare to earn more than 300,000 euros. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They lie. 
<laughs> the whole financial package uh, chain was changed about six or seven times, putting things in, taking things out. But I seriously doubt it will take any good, make any good. It's the corruption down to the bone that is the ruin of Italy, she says. Have a good one. Mega love, Willow. Oh, Willow, we certainly appreciate that. <laughs> She's so funny. You can't bring her down. She's always positive. Hey, it really sucks. Have a nice day. That's my sister for you. So here's my prediction. Um, I've, and and if this prediction does not come true, it will severely alter my entire vision of the world. So this is a big one. It is my prediction based upon, remember we had those quotes uh, on the last show? John? Yeah, you, yeah. you really don't remember, do you? No, I don't remember much. <laughs> I uh, need Lipitor. <laughs> <laughs> it's if it wasn't true I, I wouldn't be laughing no we had the quotes from uh, the European Union and I'm actually going to look up the one that I read uh, specifically from a Prodi who was the uh, um, the president I think of the commission in 2001 is this ringing a bell for you now no oh yeah okay so here was his quote um, here it is hold on a second uh, I am I am sure the euro will oblige us to introduce a new set of economic policy instruments. It is politically impossible to propose that now, but someday there will be a crisis and new instruments will be created. Romano Prodi, EU Commission President, uh, stated in the Financial Times on December 4th, 2001. It is my belief, John, that because uh, basically what people are talking about now is Greece gets kicked out of the union. That's one. And good riddance to you. Uh, Two, Greece defaults, which, of course, would be very difficult because then, you know, who's next on the list? But I think, really, what is going to happen is that more power, in in fact, local financial power and sovereignty, if you will, uh, is going to be handed over to Brussels. And all all of these governments are all going to say, look... Here's your choices. Either we descend into a a depression worse than the hunger winter after the Second World War, or we give these lovely people in Brussels who really want to help us all this power and centralized taxation, centralized wage prices, uh, centralized, uh, so like minimum wage, uh, centralized uh, benefits. I think this is it. This is the crisis that they're going to use to really make a United States of Europe. And that would make so much sense as the, the plan that the elites have had since 1960, 1956, I believe this thing has been building. They're not just going to let this over. I think it's set up. I, I actually believe that that the, the Greek crisis, uh, if by some means it might have been um, a natural natural progression, but they were waiting for it. And Germany up front, I think Germany's been really ready. They're going to have a lot of power, and they're going to run the show, but it's going to be give up your rights, give up your sovereignty, let us do all the taxing central. We have to save you. That's what I think is going to happen. How about this for an idea? The whole Greek thing was set up from the beginning to do this. Yeah. And the deal was you guys go along with the program. We'll bail you out. You'll be the first to get bailed out. So so resist as much as you can. Don't pay attention to anything we do and, and, and trust us. 
Well, it certainly seems that way because all these guys are still doing fine. And by the way, is Papi on Papa Duo is an American. From Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> Minnesota. And he speaks fluent, fluent American, American English, unlike me, obviously, uh, with, a, with a great accent. And he was educated, wasn't he, he was, was he educated in, uh, why do I want to say Philadelphia, actually? I don't know, let's look him up. How do you spell his last name? Uh, hold on a second. Consult the book of knowledge. Greek Prime Minister. Uh, here we go. How do you even pronounce his last name? George Papandreou. There you go. George Papandreou. I'm looking at the... Uh, you looking at the Book of Knowledge? Yeah, I'm looking at the Book of Knowledge. Uh, early life. Born in St. Paul, Minnesota, United States. He looks States. like a guy. Yeah, there you go. He looks like, he. You, when you see his picture, he just looks like some guy that that used to sell cars or he ran a car dealership or he's, he, just, he just looks like some <laughs> Hey, 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 I got a Chevy for you. You're going to love it, son. He was born in St. Paul, Minnesota, United States. This, this is very, I, I'm liking where we're going with this, John. Where his father, Andreas Papandreou, held a university post. His mother is American-born Margaret Papandreou, actually Shant is her maiden name, educated at schools in Toronto, at Amherst College in Massachusetts, Stockholm University, the London School of Economics, and Harvard University. He was a fellow yeah, of the, the, was, oh, the was a fellow of the Foreign Relations Center of Harvard University. Let's see. Uh, One of his skull and bones. <laughs> yeah, I bet you it was skull and bones. Is that Harvard? That's Har- I thought Yale was skull and bones. Oh, Har- I'm sorry. That's right. It's Yale. So Harvard's got some other club. I can't remember. The Cloak and Dagger or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Oh, Papandreou was elected to the Greek Parliament in 81, the year after his father became Prime Minister for the constituency of Achaea. Now, this is, a, I mean, this is clearly, he may be the Manchurian candidate. We may He's have been looking, yeah, we may have been looking at Obama all this time, but this guy is actually it. Hmm. Papandreou, like all other political leaders, was unwilling to make concessions on Greece's fundamental position that Cyprus must be reunited and accept that this could not lead to a status quo ante. Mm-hmm. Keep your eye on this guy. Well, so are you kind of agreeing with me or are you just going along with my... No, uh, with I'm my... totally in agreement, but I, I think there may be more... There's obviously another dimension to this guy. He either works for Obama, he works for the United States interests, he's a CIA guy possibly. Whatever the case is, he's in there, but he may be... He may be on, you don't know whose side he's on. I mean, the fact that they're letting the country go into the toilet and they're going to soak the EU, maybe he's the he's the point man for, for sinking the EU on behalf of the United States. I mean, that would make a lot of sense to me. When you think... And, and it would be a good way to go. But when you think about it... Somebody's got to do it. I know, it, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Because it, it's a kind of a, a small, a smallish, kind of insignificant country. Everyone in there has already got their money offshore anyway, i.e. Cyprus. That's where all the Russian money is. Uh, it's, people still go on vacation there. It's still a great spot. You know, it's like not like people don't love the country anymore. It, I mean, so write it down in the red book. I, I think. I think. Specifically, I, what, what what do you want me to write in the red book? Um, that. <laughs> 
Okay, specifically that uh, the European the European debt crisis is going to be resolved by more uh, financial political power going to Brussels. Oh no, I got that in, already written. That's already in. Well, when did you put that in? Some specific thing about Greece. Well, yeah. So Greece is not going to above and beyond. Right. That. Greece is not going to default. Greece is not going to be kicked out of the union. But this is what everyone is talking about. All the mainstream media is saying, "Well, you know, we're going to kick them out. We're going to do this." You know, eh. I, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying. It. I think this is uh, there's something funny I though. Would, I would um, I would almost take the other uh, different tact on this to, to counter what you said. But the last time I did that, I lost. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't want to be a loser. Way. Let me give you an idea. Yeah, of, of, of the hubris of the Germans, who, of course, will wind up running the entire show, which is what they've always wanted. Sorry, Gitmo Nation Deutschland, but this is what your elites want. Uh, Germany's European commissioner <laughs> has said, or as it states here in the article, has lent his voice, uh, demanding national flags of all bailed-out European member states be flown at half-mast at EU buildings <laughs> to show that you're a loser. Wow. Gunther Oettinger told German media last Friday that the move would be, quote, a big deterrent to those countries, which he called deficit sinners. Wow, good, that's a good show title, deficit sinners, who cannot keep control of their financial affairs, although he admitted it would just be a symbol. Right. Well, this this has got to resolve itself within the next 30 days. This just can't keep going on like this. For one thing, it's screwing up the U.S. stock market like there's no tomorrow. And then the fact that the Chinese keep jumping into the game trying to fool us is it just makes it even worse and sillier. Yeah, and wasn't there also, a, there was a report out here that Brazil is now going to jump in and save Europe? Did you hear this? I haven't heard that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Brazil. I have a Brazilian sitting here with me, and he just grimaced yeah. and shook his head. <laughs> so there's apparently no is the answer to that, that one. Yeah, no, apparently uh, it's all over the news. Like, yeah, Brazil's well, going to come wrong. in. Yeah, I'm Bra- in Brazil. I've seen no evidence of this. Yeah, the Brazilian's like, yeah, don't worry, we'll come in. We'll how is Brazil doing economy-wise? Brazilians aren't going to do that. They're, what? How, how is it? Yeah, it's good there. Isn't, isn't, uh, isn't Brazil one of the brick, uh, the brick nations? Everyone's doing great. Uh, you, you, have you ever looked up the definition of house of cards? Gotcha. That bad, huh? Well, let's put it this way. The, the traffic is really bad. And uh, when I go to the airport, I see a lot of people standing around doing nothing, but they're getting paid a lot of money. In fact, the funny thing was I'm at the one airport in Brasilia, and they, and they you know all those, 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 those moving, uh, those uh, they get like a, what is it? The conveyor belts are all over the place that that suck the luggage all over the place, right? Yeah. So all the all the the people working behind the counters at uh, TAM and most of the other airlines stand on the things to go from place to place. They use it as a human like <laughs> elevator or a, a, a kind of a subway system. They're so lazy there that they don't even want to walk anymore. So they jump up on the conveyor belt and they go down to where they're supposed to go. And then they jump off, and then they want to come back. They and they walk on the conveyor belts. They dance on the conveyor belts. It's ridiculous. And in the United States, they would all be, you know, there'd be all kinds of health or you know, safety code violations. They use the conveyor belts for everything, but mostly to transport themselves around the airport. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's quite funny to watch. That's cool. 
But uh, I, I don't know. I have, you know, I've been here before, and I, 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 it's a little more, the, the energy level's up, but I don't know how they can sustain uh, what's going on. Most of what's going on here is foreign investments, which is keeping uh, everybody busy. Mm. But, you know, that can stop. I, I do have one anecdote. I, I had dinner last night with uh, someone that used to work for uh, the big Chinese um, uh, router company. China, Huawei, whatever they are, and it, which is a uh, it's huge. It's H U A W E I. I think's the spelling. Uh-huh. And uh, he worked there for a while. He and and what I heard on the show floor was interesting from a guy who was a consultant for American guy was a consultant in in uh, Brazil. He said that Huawei's main way of doing business is to, like they'll follow an Ericsson salesman around. And then go visit right after Erickson shows up and says, whatever Erickson's bid was, we'll do it for 30% less. Really? Whatever it costs. Even if Erickson comes in at bare bones bottom, they're losing money on the deal. They'll do it for 30% less. So that's what these Chinese are up to. And the guy, though, that I had the dinner with, he said that... uh, the company's so it's a real slick operation. I mean, it's their biggest. I think they're getting as big or bigger than, than Cisco. He says that they're so miserable to work for because they have that standard, you know, uh, really bad Chinese management style where they yell at you and and throw things at you. I don't know. You've seen it in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah, I've I'm seen sure. it at Mevio. I thought uh, once in a while. You seen it where at Mevio? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said worse and. Uh, so he doesn't think they have a long-term, uh, you know, because it's so bad. I mean, it's such a mean company, mean-spirited company. But these Chinese are just pretty much uh, tearing apart the uh, the world with their their way of doing business. It's funny. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, yesterday, and I haven't uh, published the interview yet. I interviewed uh, Lawrence Anthony. Have you ever heard of this guy, Lawrence Anthony? He's uh, known the as name the name rings a bell. He's known as the Elephant Whisperer. Uh, he wrote a book uh, in 2004, 2005. His first book was called Babylon's Ark. He's the guy that went to the Baghdad Zoo uh, in 2003 after we started bombing and went to save the animals. Oh, I, that's right. Yeah, right. that guy. So he was born in South Africa, and he uh, started this conservation uh, uh, a reservation called Thula Thula. And uh, so, you know, he was on the big book show, right, for the big app show. So I interviewed him, and uh, interesting book. I mean, the guy's a nutball because he's like... You know, he now actually like licks elephants, and they love him for it. So he's you know fearless guy. And uh, his next book will be about uh, rhinoceros. And uh, and he told me because of course you know, I uh, through the show you know I I have garnered the knowledge. There's a million Chinese in the Congo. Uh, we know that there were thirty thousand Chinese evacuated from uh, from uh, from uh, Libya the minute uh, that started to heat up. And he says that the Chinese are all over Africa, and they are killing rhinoceros at the rate of one every 20 hours. And I'm like, you know, so my question was, you know, all right, and it's for the horn, right? This rhinoceros horn. And these things are can be four feet long, John. I don't know yeah. how much they weigh, but he told me that, uh, you know, it's the Chiners who use this uh, rhinoceros horn dust uh, for stomach ailments. And he said the price is now equal to the price of gold. So I'm thinking if you got one rhinoceros, how, how heavy could a rhinoceros tusk be? I don't know. It's got to weigh a lot. Let me see. How heavy is a 
Rhinoceros horn. We can just calculate the value. Uh, hmm. Of course, it's not going to say that, I don't think. Uh, I wish they would say that. But if it's four feet long, I mean, that thing's got to be pretty heavy. So, you know, so one rhinoceros tusk, that could be like a couple million bucks. And and I said, so can we just blame the Chinese? And his response is pretty funny. Absolutely. Chinese, Vietnamese, Cambodians, they're killing them all. And they will not be remembered for anything but for killing, for killing animals, for mythical properties. So I had uh, a lunch uh, a week or two ago with uh, someone who listens to the show. And I've uh, called him an economic hitman before, and he says, I'm crazy. But uh, he says the whole idea is bogus. But he used to work for USAID, and he's lived in 90 different countries and, you know, just a normal person. So uh, he told me, because I was asking him some stuff, because he has stories to tell about China. By the way, it's 5 million Chinese in the Congo. Really? If you want to, if you want to know the facts, man, man, posted less than those less fuckers. Than 10 years those ago. fuckers replicate fast. This is only a year ago. What are they doing? There was only fifty of them, like less than ten years ago. Uh, they have also built something like nine thousand miles of roads, right, in the Congo. And their goal there is to rape the country of every mineral. Apparently, the Congo is one of the richest states in Africa, and it happens to have. Something like 40 of the 50 or 60 critical rare earth elements. Right. That, you, in fact, your iPhone would not exist. Yeah, because it, it, if it wasn't it, for the Congo. Right, right. And so the Chinese are going to take every piece of, you know, every amount of cobalt and everything else they can get out of the country with their, uh, you know, and just basically take everything, leave the roads and let them deteriorate. They don't care and go on to the next project. And I guess in the meantime, they might as well knock off a few rhinos while they're at it. And now I don't want to sound like a jingoist here and, and complaining about the Chinese, but, you know, there's. I, I think that a lot of the uh, activity going on that the Chinese are behind uh, needs to really be uh, questioned by the UN or by us. I think I think they need to be ridiculed, not just questioned. We just need to make well, fun I think of ridicule them. Ridicule is one good way to do it. Make fun of their well, I mean, small this, penises. But that with, a, with Asian cultures, let's take a look at this idea of ridiculing. Uh, for one thing, they don't appreciate it. And they don't. They resist it. But let's just say how how. What a great what what kind of a great job have we done ridiculing the Japanese about their whaling practices? They almost wiped out the blue whale, right. and they still don't give a crap about it. Right. So ridicule doesn't necessarily work. Well, no one's ridiculing the Chinese or the Chinas for the for the rhinoceros. No one talks no. about that. No, but, I've never heard it until you just brought it up. I have my Chinese data about you know what's going on in the Congo and other places from my. Um, friend mm-hmm. uh but i didn't hear anything about the about the rhino horns but if they're that valuable yeah so here's one I, other what, what they do is they sometimes they knock the rhino down and then saw off the horn and yeah the- oh no they they, they chop it out actually because it, it goes underneath the skin so here's one other thing i learned which i thought was interesting news because george clooney might as well just go home so elephants are so smart and he says that they can communicate over hundreds of kilometers through these subsonic uh, stomach vibrations they make. But, you know, they can actually communicate with another herd that's 100 or 200 miles away, and then they can communicate with the next ones. These elephants are so smart that when, because uh, this guy also wa- works has worked in the Sudan, remember when the, the peace agreement was signed 
in uh, between North and South Sudan. This was what? I don't know how many years ago? Like a, a while ago, like eight years ago, maybe something it like was that. Before they split off as a separate countries, that's for sure. Right. So when the revolution, when the war started, I should say, um, all the elephants left South Sudan and migrated to North Sudan. And the day after, and they were like 400 kilometers uh, away from the border. The day after the peace agreement was signed, they migrated back. So I said to him, I said, what are they reading the New York Times? (laughs) I guess so. So, (laughs) so I said, we need to keep our eye on these elephants because if it starts to heat up over there and they leave again, then we know there's heavy shit coming down. And the guy said, absolutely. You can trust the elephants. Absolutely. I'm all over that. I'm all over it. The subsonic frequencies and uh, there's a lot of communications that take place between animals using the earth as the carrier instead mm-hmm. of the, the, the open mm-hmm. skies, yep. and I uh, and it's been discussed in the U.S. government, um, and there's a number of uh, professors around the country that have talked about the possibility of rigging something up that you stick a stake in the ground, like I could stick a stake in the ground here, mm-hmm. and then send you the the Skype transmission <laughs> through the Earth. It would actually sound better. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. But, uh, hold on a second, John. I got it. Well, we're on the topic of biodiversity. Some breaking news came in. The Nobel Prize winner for physics in 1973, Dr. Ivar Giavier, uh, I guess it would be Giavier, Giavier, resigned as... No, it's G-I-A-E-V-E-R. Giavier. Giavier. Giver. Yeah, giver. Giver, giver. Hey, yeah. Hey, everybody, I forgive her here. How you doing? <laughs> he resigned as fellow from the American Physical Society on the 13th in disgust over the group's promotion of man-made global warming fears. Now, this is the guy who endorsed <laughs> President Obama. Huh. Uh, Another global warmist uh, turned uh, well, against the, the movement? Yeah, well, it's about one word in particular, and you know how much we love words here on the No Agenda podcast. Uh, he says, I resign from APS. Uh, thank you for your letter inquiring about my membership. I did not renew it because I cannot live with APS's statement about global warming as below. The evidence is incontrovertible. That's what Al Gore says, too. He's used that word, incontrovertible? No, he can't really say that word, but. Incontrovertible, adjective. Not able the to be is in yes is no it's it's better not able to be denied or disputed incontrovertible proof. The science is in science. So that's our new word of the day: incontrovertible. Hmm. I'm putting it in the red book <laughs> as a new meme that's gonna that's gonna come out. I did find it kind of interesting. You have this... Memes that are hard to pronounce (laughs) when you're drunk are no good. Uh, I really got a laugh out of this uh, Survivors Network against... uh, I guess it's against pedophilia. Snap. Uh, They're suing the Pope and they're suing him in the International Criminal Court. And like, how funny has the world become where we have 
like a fictional repre- representative of God in a fictional court representing the world suing each other. How nuts has it gotten? Now they're trying to get some money out of the church to try to oh, see if they got any oh, money. No, oh, it's definitely about getting money. Definitely about that. Uh, so, uh, have you seen this story about Syrian opposition creates a national council? Oh, you, I, you know, I'm of the opinion that the Syria thing has been turned off by, as a, you know, according to the New York Times. Right. And there, but there's still this boiling, this simmering going on in so the, the Syrian opposition y- yeah. to its national council. Well, I think what happened is in the UN, uh, the Russians said, "Yeah, hold on a second. We don't want to sign any, uh, you know, any document like the resolution 1970, 1973, which enabled NATO to go in and uh, and and drop thirty thousand bombs." which you've never seen on television, uh, the Russians said, we're going to go in and check it out. So the Russians are in there, and I I think what may be happening is they said, why don't you just set up a council, one of these TNC things, transitional, blah 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 it'll sound good, and then we'll kind of smooth things over. That's what it sounds like to me. That could be. I know something's going on that that's, that's just going to stop it cold. Well, it's, it seems to be kind of on a hold, and I think... That maybe every well, the Russians are behind it. I mean, it's obvious. The Russians have been complaining about a number of things, and ever since that zero, that I'm sorry, that Exxon deal went through, right? Which had this, which showed us the president of 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 Exxon, the CEO of Exxon, shaking hands with Putin. Yeah, who's not really supposed to be the guy that does these deals. Right. And that was since that moment, all this stuff everything, settled down. All of a sudden, Syria's off the table. Everything got really quiet. Now, I agree, and and I think maybe the focus now is on. You know, it's Europe's turn to be in the news a little bit. So they got to, I can't wait. I, you know, it's going to happen. Slaves of Europe. Hold on. Slaves, slaves of Europe, you have a choice. Either you can go into a dire situation like the hunger winter of 1945 to 1949, or you can let us take care of all of your taxation and all of your financial troubles. That is all. I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, you need a little more echo in that. Well, I, I, you, no, you, I did the reverb. Uh, um, you can't hear it through Skype, but it was there. No. It sounded really kind of ominous. So uh, the Solyndra drama continues here in the United States of Gitmo Nations. And uh, this is the company, uh, the solar power company, uh, that, was, uh, that uh, received uh, a little over half a billion dollars in government loans. And, of course, unfortunately, it turns out that some executives from the company also supported President Obama in his uh, presidential uh, run. Uh, so it all really? it all looks kind of shady. So, yes, it does. So the Republicans, uh, are of course, grasping onto this. But, the, uh, you know, this uh, they did actually find something. There are two uh, two representatives, Griffin and Murphy, who I'm going to uh, play short clips from. And they are uh, grilling the, uh, the 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 guy. He has a weird title. His name is Silver. Hi ho, Silver! And he has the ominous title of being charge of government loans. Not a good place to be right now. So um, Griffin comes out and he actually finds that they've made a law. The Department of Energy. This guy's from Department of Energy. They've made a law that basically says. Uh, well, he'll explain it exactly. Concerned about this, uh, this is situation, but I would point out in paragraphs one and two, it references that no guarantee shall be made unless 
which gives some flexibility, but in paragraph 3 of 17, section 1702, it says the obligation shall be subject to the condition that the obligation is not subordinate to other financing. Have Let's just explain subordinate for a moment for those of you who don't know. Uh, if you have a company and you take uh, financing, like either it's for shares or a, uh, or it's a straight-up loan, uh, subordinate uh, means that uh, if more money comes in, that loan has to be paid back first. And it's I don't think there's any investment ever done that I can imagine. Uh, John, you might correct me on this. Where someone gives a loan and says, but you know what? If you get more money, if you borrow more money from somebody, you can pay them back first. I don't think that happens. John? Well, that would happen with specialized vehicles where you have like you you issue stock or bonds, certain kinds of uh, or convertible to debentures or something that that are that are, are are so dissimilar that you could find somebody in a preferred situation so yeah it could it could but that's not the way it, this doesn't let's sound like let's that. put it this way if you and i were running um, the government and in charge of uh, the slaves tax money would we uh, put our slaves tax money in danger like that well this uh, current administration might yeah have you read the uh, memorandum of law on this I have not read the full memorandum, no, but I've, but I've been briefed by... Would it shock you to know that if you read it and you pay attention to what's being said, and I have it right here, I'd be happy to give you a copy with my notes on it if you want them, um, it, it looks like it's a law school project where you're told to come up with an answer, here's the question, give me the right answer, defend it the best you can, that's what it looks like, because under this analysis, what it says is, is that if we close the loan in the morning and at lunch... Somebody has an epiphany and says, you know what? I think that we should see if we can get some more money from somebody else, and we're going to subordinate that money, and we're not going to follow this paragraph. Because it doesn't, there, there is no line, and in fact, somebody raised that issue. The memorandum points out, somebody raised the issue. Should there be a line between when the loan is granted and possible default? And they said, no, that's not necessary because the law doesn't say that. You can change it any time you want to if the secretary thinks it's appropriate. Does that make good common sense? As Mr. Green pointed out to you, you don't have to be a lawyer to know good common sense. Does it make common sense that the Congress of the United States, responsible for setting our legislative policy, would say that you are not to subordinate, but under the interpretation of your lawyers, they could subordinate after lunch for a loan closed in the morning? Does that make good So that's the, uh, that's the general premise of why they're hammering on this guy. And then, As well they should. Yeah, well then this, this schmuck, Silver. Hi-ho, Silver! He uh, he gets hammered because he basically is saying, uh, I don't know, I'm not responsible. I, I didn't do it. I, 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 the dog ate my homework. Well, we talked, uh, this staff talked with the company on a regular. I, I really want you to stop throwing everybody else under the bus. I hear you throwing all your staff under the bus. I want to know you're in charge. You've handled loans of this size, and now you're saying it's everybody else's fault but, but you, except you're in charge. You tell me what you as a person in charge did with half a billion dollars of taxpayers' money now saying it's all my staff's fault, I didn't know, I can't do anything about it. You tell me what you're going to tell the taxpayers. Well, we're in the hole for so much money in this country, and you're dealing with this in a very casual, cavalier way. Whose fault is it? Well, sir, first let me say that uh, the 200-odd professionals working in the loan guarantee program are exceptional professionals. And you throw them all under the bus, it's a pretty bumpy ride, but you're the driver, Mr. Silver. You're the driver. 
And now you're saying this is restructured. And going back to the slide that says the obligation shall be subject to the condition that the obligation is not subordinate to other financing, and now it gets restructured so the taxpayers don't get their money back. The restructuring, any restructuring, Congressman, is based on a, on a binary decision as to what <laughs> is the better outcome. Hey, binary decision. This guy should work for Vivek Kundra. Exactly. I like we talking COBOL next. I like a binary decision. Come for a recovery, a liquidation, a sale of assets in a moment in time, or a restructuring. Who was it decided that made the decision that this act passed into law by the federal government was going to not be adhered to? Who made that decision? Well, as I said, it was reviewed by legal counsel for the loan program. So you have no responsibility in this either. So we're throwing him under the bus too? I'm not a lawyer, sir. I rely on counsel. Oh, we're throwing her under the bus too? <laughs> Did the Secretary of Energy have anything to do with this decision? Or is he under the bus too? Uh, not to my knowledge. <laughs> so no one's responsible. This is an incredible organization you work for. No one in the federal government is responsible for half a trillion, half a billion dollars of taxpayers' money. This is phenomenal. What do you do for a living? Why do you, if, if you don't know what's happening, everybody else is to blame. What do we go back and tell our constituents who have to work hard? With so many people in this country in poverty, so many people in problems, we're saying, if this federal agency is saying, we don't take any responsibility, it's everybody else's fault. We, we, we work to the fullest of our capabilities, Congressman, to ensure that these projects are as de-risked as possible. I understand, as, but now the taxpayers are on the hook for this. As, was pointed, out, as was pointed out earlier, as was pointed out earlier, uh, there are always challenges um, in investing in innovation, and I should point out that Congress, uh, through the appropriation of $2.4 billion of credit subsidies... When did this company actually get their check? It doesn't work <laughs> like that, Congressman. <laughs> I tell you, the only guy getting thrown under their bus is this guy. <laughs> Poor schmuck. I own silver! That guy is so screwed. He better resign. Silver. So, did you watch that? Was that a video that you did? You pick that off the C-SPAN? Yeah, that, did you that, get to watch him. Was he squirming? What What does he look like? Sweating. He'd like a little Weasley guy, you know, balding, you know, sweating on top of his head. This is why I love watching C-SPAN. You know, I, I besides the fact that it's kind of my vocation now. You can't write this. That was a that was some good scripts that this guy was blowing out there. This uh, Murphy. That was good. You throw him. Oh, your lawyer throw her under the bus. Who else going? Who, this is getting pretty busy under that bus there. This is the problem. This is and and by the way, there's so many companies that got these half billion dollar loans. You know that uh, what's that classy car electric car company? It's Tesla. a Tesla. No, 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 no. The, Didn't Tesla get a bunch of money from the government? They got money, but I don't. But I don't know firsthand about that. Um, it, it's like the really high end luxury sports car. They only make one car. Kleiner Perkins invested in him. That's Tesla. No, 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 no. Uh, hold on. I'll find it for you. What's uh, Kleiner Perkins, uh, KPB, KPCB? They got half a billion dollars in loans uh, from, uh, oh, man, let's see, private companies, companies by initial. I'm looking on their website right now. What would it be under? Consumer, Security, S-Fund, Life Sciences, Green Tech. I bet you it's under Green Tech, some bullcrap Green Tech. Come on, John. You know about these. I can't believe they didn't give you one to drive. Te no, Tesla. it's no, it's not Tesla. It's not. It's uh. Oh. They only make one car. It costs like a uh, hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, the Tesla. No, it's not the Tesla. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, keep arguing with Fisker. Me. There you go, Fisker. Thank you. Thank you, Oh, Chet those Rook. guys, that, that's even worse than Tesla. That's my whole point. They got a half a billion dollars. Well, Tesla does make a car that meets all the descriptions you make. They make one car. It costs $125,000 plus, and it's a sports car, and it, got, it has a bunch of government money. Fisker Automotive. Here you go. Electric luxury and performance. The Fisker Karma. Woo! Love it. The Fisker story. Read our reviews. I got a half a billion dollars, and Ray Lane got it for them. I know, because I, I, I know he went through all these negotiations with the government. And that's going to turn out to be a dog. Look at FiskerAutomotive.com. It's going to be a total dog. I'm looking at it now. It looks like a BMW that, that, that has a, 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 some sort of a birth defect. <laughs> Doesn't it look like that? It does. It's like something. It's got. It's not even symmetrical. <laughs> Here, Fisker Automotive. Let me see. Uh, do they talk about Fisker Automotive? Is a green American premium sports car company with a mission to create a range of beautiful, environmentally friendly cars that make environmental sense without compromise. Can you believe and that our way, our government is paying can, for can that? Can I ask a rhetorical question? Hmm? Why are we investing in high-end sports cars with government money, both Fisker and Tesla? From the Wall Street Journal, a tiny car company backed by, ooh, guess what? Here's your answer. Former Vice President Al Gore has just gotten a $529 million U.S. government loan to help build this hybrid sports car in Finland. Interesting. The award this week to California startup Fisker Automotive Inc. follows a $465 million government loan to Tesla. So they got even more money than Tesla. Combined a billion dollars for sports cars. Are we crazy? High-end sports cars, high by end, the way. High-end. Okay, I'm yeah. looking at the car and driver review of this thing. It has 402 horsepower. I don't know a 402 horsepower car that does 0 to 60 in 5.9 seconds. That's the best they can do. And the top speed is 125. That doesn't sound like a... Hot, well, that sounds like a Fister, not a Fisker. Whoa. Ooh. Must weigh a ton. Now, here it says it's got 235 horsepower here. Okay, it's got... Oh, oh, by the way, good work with our money. Let me just read you the, some of the specs on this thing because they have a little picture of it. It's, it's got a repurposed GM Ecotech 2-liter turbofan powers the 235-horsepower AC generator. And in the back, the thing that really powers this thing, two Chinese-made no, AC no. motors <laughs> supplying 402 horsepower of thrust. Chinese. China, China, China. Hey, I'm getting sick so of these Chinas. loaning them money to buy a Chinese motor? I'm sick of these chiners. This is nuts. I'm not going to pay my taxes. It's called the karma? It's called the karma, yeah. (laughs) Hey, what did you get for $465 million? You've got karma. Thank you. Backed by Al Gore. Yeah. Fisker claims to have 3,000 deposits in the bank. Some of those who plunk down the cash are doubtless... 
atoning for past turbo V8 sins. Oh, brother. But others may be less altruistic, simply drawn on the sexiest fenders ever draped over an American sedan. Whatever the motivation, they'll get a beautiful, luxurious machine that goes easy on the guilt. This is from Car and Driver, of course, who always can't really slam anything because it's uh, there's too much. Yeah, because uh, advertising is advertising, advertising, yeah, advertising. So that if they had three thousand, uh, what are these cars going for? Ninety grand. That's what they're selling it for? Apparently, the price on this model that they tested, price as tested, was $96,895. So that's like $280 million in sales. But, of course, these things, you know, they're not making any money on them yet. So, uh. anyway, speaking of advertising, something we know nothing about. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. No agenda huh, huh. in the morning. Indeed. And by the way, uh, you're right. They're probably losing money on that thing. Okay, we have a few donors uh, this week. want to mention them. I call them out. Mark Fusco in San Antonio, Texas, $133.70. Another elite, as an elite, contribution to the show for a few things. First, my belated birthday. I didn't get a chance last week to donate for my birthday on the 8th. Second, just some good travel karma for my trip to get Mo Nation Stinky Cheese this Saturday for a week to have some great wine for my podcast license. See number one after three initial ones at 1337wine.com. Right, let's hand him out some karma for his trip. That's really important. You've got karma. Karma's from, he also got some karma for his mom's cancer seemed to have worked. She got into an experimental trial with a high success rate because they found slightly more cancer. If they hadn't found it, then she would have been on the regular treatment. Wow, let me see how this works. So karma gave her more cancer and therefore worked because she got into a special treatment? It's kind of the way it reads, but I'm sure it means... No, I'm sure he means else. it well, but anyway, I hate cancer. Yeah, it's bad. It's fucking lame. And so, uh, good luck, we Mom. Want to thank Mark. He also sent me a note, which I'll respond to him on email. Gil Freund in Rahovit, $131.31. Please a shout out to my son, Yuri, who will celebrate his bar mitzvah and some karma to all the peoples of the Middle East. Here you go, peoples of the Middle East in your Arab Spring. You've got karma. You certainly deserve Senator some karma. Johnson. You can call him Fenimore, but don't call him Johnson. San Diego, California, U.S. of A. One, two, three, dot, four, five. I'd like to call out Prancer for being a douchebag from douche Shark bag. Face. And he wants to thank us for all we do. Glenn Riccio and Scott Tolstoy, both up on the $111.11 uh, monthly uh, program. Uh, Gregory. I doubt, I doubt that's a monthly. It uh, seems like that's a one shot. We don't no, have well, a, neither one of them have much to say. <laughs> Riccio from Charlottesville, Virginia, and Scott Tolstoy, whose name has cropped up before in Mount Prospect. Uh, Gregory Laudrup in North Hills, California, uh, $100. John and Adam, keep up the good work. And he will become a knight today. Is that? Oh, yes, he will. Uh, per, oh, brother, I, this is kind of botched on my screen, so I can't quite read it, but it's Per Hasselstrom. I think it's Hasselstrom. Strum. Hasselstrom in Stockholm, $100. Glenn Hassel, 
Clint Brown in Frederick, Maryland. Uh, very interesting area. $97. Greeting from the People's Republic of Maryland where the state motto is, what could we tax that we didn't tax? What can we tax tomorrow that we couldn't tax now? This email. I heard about <laughs> I heard about the show last year when Thomas Woods blogged about you guys discussing his book Nullification on show 242. Oh. I've been listening regularly ever since, so I figured it's about time I paid up. I figure that a buck a show is a reasonable price to pay not to be yelling at the radio on my drive to work. Therefore, I'm sending a $97 donation to cover all the shows that I've listened to so far. It amazes me how much you guys managed to dig up that I haven't yet come across uh, before the show. Keep up the good work, mofos. 97 from uh, Clint. <laughs> Gregory Davies in Lawton, Oklahoma, $60. Uh, John and Adam want to thank you for a fabulous, uh, entertaining show and exposing the mainstream media for the bag of douches that they are recently was assigned to write a review of the movie <laughs> Contagion for the geeksofdoom.com and thankful I've picked up some of your deconstruction tips when looking for those hidden agendas. The f this is actually a good movie review, so we might as well read it. The film was utterly awful. Interestingly, Jude Law's character is an anti-vaccine crackpot. Yeah, I know. Called Alan Crumweedy Krum or something, but his name is almost Alan Crummy in the film and sus suspiciously almost rhymes with Adam Curry. Coincidence? I yeah, think I not. think not. You know, it's it's funny yeah. because uh, CDC came out, and uh, I'm looking for the actual article, and said, uh, you know, uh, here it is, CDC, contagion-like outbreak, quite plausible. <laughs> and this was done by, uh, wasn't it Sondheim who directed that thing? The guy who did Crash? I don't know who did it. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really good the director. The reviews are all cr crummy, so I'm, you know, not too concerned about it personally. Well, here it is. You have the vaccines, vaccines, vaccines in the movie. Well, Dr. Thomas Frieden, director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said on the early show Monday, and I have to go find that, the scenario portrayed in the film is quite plausible. Of course, the CDC worked closely with the filmmakers, i.e. paid them money to create a highly accurate portrayal of a growing pandemic. We are all connected by the food we eat, the water we drink, the air we breathe, Frieden said. The CDC and our partners identifies one new pathogen each year. We're all oh. going to die. Well, he meant, uh, Greg here mentions that turns out the movie's written by Scott Z. Burns, who was also the producer of Gore's Inconvenient Truth. Oh, you're kidding me. Well, there you go. It's told. It's a. I mean, not like we didn't know it, but that's a total new world order uh, film. Yep. Wow. Uh, anyway, it's depressing. Bradley Carrier in Lexington, but that doesn't mean people shouldn't donate more. No. Lexington, Michigan, fifty-five, fifty-five. Can I please get some karma for my wife, wife Rachel, who is having uh, eye surgery this week? Absolutely, Rachel. Here you go. You've got karma. A little more karma for Tom Bushy in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. 55 double nickels on the dime. He uh, needs some karma to help him just get by. Nah, don't we all, my friend? Here you go. You've got karma. Also double nickels. On, or actually, 5150, sorry, uh, from... Uh, Jeffrey Gerlach, Sir Jeffrey Gerlach, I'm sorry, uh, Alamo, California, three's a charm, bada bing, <laughs> Mike Potter, St. Louis, Missouri, 5150 on my 40th birthday was on 913, uh, the, the tugboat karma worked, the tug paver works like a champ, not sure what this all means. Well, but we've got him on the birthday list. 
That's a good thing. Uh, Black Knight era Dodurian, uh, Trabuco Canyon, California, $50. Guys, after 17 years at our company, my wife, Dame Lena, lost her job, apparently. Oh. It was uh, simply eliminated. Anyway, my first thought is to donate to the show and ask for karma. Now, there you have it. And ask for karma so she finds a job quickly. Thanks, guys. All right, here we go, Lena. This is going to help you find a new job. You've got karma. It's part of that uh, Richard Branson uh, gig, I guess. Like, uh, yeah, 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 just take more time off. <laughs> yeah, that's enjoy, that's enjoy your vacation. Help the economy. Chris Lewinsky, Sherwood Park, Alberta, $50. David Middlebrook, uh, uh, Aberdeenshire. UK, $50. Uh, David uh, Middlebrook, uh, Elon, oh, I'm sorry, that was him. Uh, Jason Burke, Richmond, Texas, $50. Um, Michelle, what is that? Gearing. Is it Gearing? Gearing. I see Gearing. Font's too small. Manhattan, Kansas, $50. Happy the font's too husband. small. The font, well, I got this on, I'm on a laptop. <laughs> I had to shrink the spreadsheet because I was tired of scrolling back and forth and back and forth the and back and forth. The font's too small. The font's too small. There you go. <laughs> Mike, and it's in green. Mike Westerfield, Sir Mike Westerfield, Enderlin, North Dakota, $50. And uh, that'll it. be it for today's show. That's it. I want to thank everybody for who donated. And uh, we um, appreciate everything we get. Noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org, slash NA, channeldvorak.com, slash NA, and, and also uh, noagendanation.com, where you can also buy a mug. And T-shirts. Mickey was wearing her uh, No Agenda, her slave T-shirt, as she wore. Oh, yeah? yeah, she wore it to the gym, and uh, she says people didn't bat an eye. Of course, exactly. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they had T-shirts. <laughs> hey, where's my? Sl- I know I'm a slave, but where's my slave issued T-shirt? I need that. That's right. NoAgendaNation.com. and uh, of course, the only thing you need to remember is now programmed into your brain. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Consider us, uh, because we're doing a lot of work for you. And I did. I like the uh, the $97 donation uh, for every, what was it, uh, for every hour that he's listened, uh, was it every show? Because I think we're worth more than a buck an hour, but that's just me. But just consider what you're spending on your media, uh, entertainment, and how you could cut back, p- possibly. And a lot of people are getting rid of cable. Uh, just think about how much money... You're saving, and just a, a sliver of that would really help us out because this is all we do. We don't uh, play commercials, don't take any money from any commercial interests, and we watch a heck of a lot of C-SPAN just to uh, make sure you don't have to. Fusco congratulates himself. It was his birthday on the 8th. Mike Potter, also a self-congratulatory note. He turned 40 on the 13th. Michelle Gearing says, happy birthday, hubby Justin Gearing. His birthday is, uh, I guess, well, I'm celebrating his birthday. Uh, Sir Don Bean, congratulating himself, 52 uh, today. And Harry Pilgrim wants to uh, congratulate his lovely wife, Jennifer Pilgrim. Of course, they helped out big time on the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. Uh, Her birthday was yesterday. And like a good little slave, I won't mention how old she actually turned. But happy birthday. It's your birthday, yeah. And Harry actually did have a little note here. He said, ever since we picked you guys up from the airport, Jen has become a loyal No Agenda listener and has quite a knack for propagating the formula. She is a PR savant. Very nice. Good. Yes. We love that. We really do. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know how the program works, uh, you uh, can become an executive producer or an associate executive producer, just like Hollywood. Uh, If you ever see the credits uh, rolling by on uh, on television, uh, those are the people who have actually financed uh, that program. 
Now, uh, there's two things where our show differs from Hollywood. One, when you get, and what is the limit, John, for a, a producer credit associate? Executive producer? That's $200. $200. So if you come in at least $200, then you are an associate executive producer. And uh, above that, uh, it kind of shakes out to who's the executive producer. Um, the difference with Hollywood is unlike those phonies here, you know, it, it, if you paid for something, you get your name on a credit, and then you want to, like, prove it for your next venture, say, well, I was, uh, you know, I was an executive producer on this show. Those you can never find those guys. You know the LLC is gone. It's like it's all busted. You never get any residuals anyway. So they're phonies. They won't vouch for you. If you need us to vouch for you for any reason, you can call us up. You send us an email. We'll be happy to talk to anybody. Now there is one other difference: is if you are uh, an executive producer in Hollywood, you get to bang all the hot actresses. And that unfortunately is not the case on the No Agenda show. Yeah, yeah. But it's we, a shame. But, you know, we're working toward it. <laughs> we are working very hard. If you can draw your sword, John, then I'd like to uh, bring out uh, Gregory Ludrup because he will about to join the illustrious club where the hookers and blow, the tranny hunters, <laughs> the hot pants and booze, and, of course, the Ren Boys and Chardonnay all hang out as the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Gregory Ludrup, thank you for your donations tallying up to $1,000 in total. Extend your finger for your ring and please accept your title of Sir Gregory Ludrup, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. They're all waiting for you, the dames and the knights and the barons right over here, sir. We highly appreciate it. Uh, It is the model we have chosen for this show and we've been going for four years now. And we don't, uh, nobody can tell us what to do. Which is kind of cool if you think about it. Oh, it's awesome. Except for my landlord who can tell me to get the hell out when I can't pay, when I can't pay the rent. But that, that, well, I mean, yeah, your yeah. wife can tell you what to do. I mean, there's a lot of people. Can, I mean, I'm saying regarding the show. Regarding the show, no Nobody one can, can tell, tell us, us what to well, talk about. Well, no, I think uh, our our listeners who are inherently well, yeah, taking they a product. Listening, they kind of tell us what to right, do. Right, because they are not the product. They are the recipients of what we consider to be a, a pretty darn good product. Second half of the yeah, show. I, should, we should, I, I, I was going to let me reiterate this product notion just so because I'm sure a lot of new listeners don't get it. The, the most magazines, newspapers, and all the rest of these uh, operations that use advertising as a vehicle, they're actually making you the product, and and you you as a product are being sold to the advertisers, and that's how special interest publishing all all publishing works this way. They figure out kind of who you are. They package you up as a product. And walk over to uh, one of the big agencies and say, here's what we've got. These are our subscribers. And uh, they sell you to them. And we don't – that's a back-ass word. Well, it's even worse than that. If if you have a, a company, let's say like Tweeter, like the Tweeters, and you say, uh, okay, I've got uh, 50 million people, you are assigned a value. When uh, when that company is either takes new investment or is sold, because regardless of the business model, just having you on a list, what is a person worth on a list? Like at least five bucks? Isn't that kind of what it goes for? Even- oh, are you kidding? You're way low. No, but yeah, but seriously. No, no, no. You're way low. What is one? Well, wait a minute. Can we sell our list? <laughs> We don't. We have like five thousand people. people. (laughs) We have five thousand people on a list somewhere on Mailchimp. We got to. Hey, we we're ripe for investment. (laughs) So tell me about this. uh, It's about twenty to a hundred dollars a head. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. So even it if it depends on what the business is and how specialized it is, but it's 20, 20 to 100. And I've seen higher numbers crop up once in a while, but 20 bucks is as low as it gets. So just having registered, just being a registered user of like some hip service, right? Let's just say it's a hip, a hip social networking thing. You're worth a yeah. hundred bucks. Twenty to hundred. It depends on, on how focused it is. If it was something that's where the where the list is very valuable to some large corporations, it could be as much as a hundred. Easy. Wow, that's a good scam. Oh, it's a totally good, great scam, and that's what they do, and they don't care about delivering facts. Or, I mean, when, you, when, that's, when your business is really just selling customers to advertisers, you don't care about giving people information that they could use to better their lives. You don't really give a crap. There's no reason to because no. that's not what your business is. You're not, you know, we have to do what we do to keep people listening and contributing. Otherwise, uh, you know, they're, 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 the donations dry up and we're done. In fact, I, I never care. I, I never look at the stats. I never look at how this is. This is the big difference in all the businesses I've always had. I was like, how many people? How many registered users? How many? And I got so tired of that because it was never about what really counted, which is about the show. You and I are, have sleepless nights thinking about, um, you know, what can we are we do in the show the best we can. That's our. That's what our sleep. That's mine at least. I don't know what you know. You're in Brazil. Who knows what you're doing? But hey. I, I have sleepless nights about that. What can we do better? Because that translates directly to our bottom line. Our, the only way we can measure if we're doing a good job is if people support us. And I think that's a very fair way. It's value for value. You think we suck. You don't think we're good enough. You think, we're, man, okay, but not worth it. You won't send any money. You don't send money. It becomes tight. That's what it is. The only thing we don't know is what we're doing right. Well, yeah, there is that problem. Well, what we do is essentially we just go along with our own um, sense of things, and we just basically deconstruct stuff and ridicule uh, the media, and you know, do the best we can at it. Or right. we find uh, you know the hidden messages that people are probably ignoring or whatever. I don't know. Well, don't know. speaking of hard. yeah, speaking of hidden messages, John, it's happening once again. Because that looks like a very cold map. There were numerous reports of fireballs flying across the sky last night, across Arizona, across southern Nevada, even across southern California, Carol. Uh, UFOs, they weren't quite sure what it was. Was it some sort of satellite falling through the atmosphere? Uh, but uh, scientists are saying it was just a uh, meteorite or a shooting star, if you will. But it was reported and seen by uh, thousands of people across that, that part of the world. So, uh, <laughs> Which reminds me, you know, last night I saw a, a movie which uh, took aliens that they were coming to us in meteorites and asteroids. They plunged in the Pacific Ocean. And they came up and they attacked Los Angeles. Riveting stuff. So maybe that has something to do with it. But that's not what that was. No. So we've got uh, green balls of fire flying through the Los Angeles skies. What Did could it be? It? Of course not. I went to bed at like 930 course not you didn't go to bed at nine i did you would never go to bed at nine thirty. i did go to bed at nine thirty, and i'll tell you why because i was in such discomfort yesterday after as oh, like you're having your tooth drilled out yeah i figured i'd get up at four thirty this morning and and do everything which is exactly what i did knowing also that you'd be in brazil and you'd be light on the clips and everything. i didn't know you'd have no clips I knew you'd be well, light on. No, I it's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. I made some clips at back home, and I was going to okay. put. It's, 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 it's okay. It's a it's technology it's, thing. Of it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's, it's pre-crime. It's pre-crime. Just a pre-crime. 
Anyway, uh, so normally I'd say, yes, they're coming for us and the mothership is here and I'm all ready for it. But actually, it's much worse than that because here is what is actually going on. Um, Turns out uh, uh, one of NASA's uh, satellites is coming down. And I think that's what this is. This is a report from two days ago uh, before the green lights were seen. And uh, it's not very good or encouraging, actually. End it by looking out your window. You might see something strange streaking across the sky. Let's hope it's not headed toward your bedroom. Huge pieces of space junk hurtling to Earth. The Upper Atmosphere Research Satellite has been dead in space since 2005. Well, guess what? It's falling out of orbit now. The thing weighs more than 12,000 pounds. It is NASA's largest satellite ever to fall back to Earth. So where is it going to hit? Let's ask Nick Johnson, NASA's chief scientist for orbital debris. Orbital debris, a big problem, and this thing is a really big problem. Do you know where it's going to land? No, John, we don't. Uh, Right now, it could be anywhere from 57 degrees north latitude to 57 degrees south latitude. Well, basically, that includes, um, well, all of the populated surface of the Earth. I think we've got a map. That is actually quite funny. That basically is everywhere except the north and the south pole. And NASA guy is like, well, it could land anywhere between the north pole and the south pole, but it gives you some some latitudes so you don't really have to think about it. ...to show the possibilities here. Uh, when this thing does come in, assuming it happens at night, at least night on whatever side of the Earth it comes through, people are going to be able to see it, right? Yeah, it'll put on quite a show, and you'll probably even be able to see it during daytime if uh, that's the way it turns out. All right. Well, Nick Johnson from uh, NASA, we hope it doesn't go bunk on anybody's head. Thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll keep update and updated with you as to when this thing finally comes down. So, of course, this could be true. It could be some space junk, or it could be the first visible sights we're getting with the naked eye of Comet Elenin, which is going to kill us. Uh, And this, of course, is slated for this month. Uh, As you know, I've been tracking this. We have elites up there in Alaska moving to Colorado, and all over the the circles that I travel in on the interwebs, we are now uh, speaking about a report... Uh, that under SALT, the Strategic Nuclear Arms Control Agreement, was sent to Russia uh, because the the deal is that uh, both parties are required to notify uh, the other if there's going if they're going to do any uh, any drills or any practices, you know, anything that's. Uh, and I'm always worried about this. Whenever there's a drill of some kind, something bad usually happens. We've seen countless reports of this. Apparently, on uh, September 27th. There will be a DEFCON 1 drill in the United States, uh, codenamed Cocked Pistol. And as a part of this drill, the president is going to be put into the secured bunkers in Denver, which, of course, are underneath Denver Airport with all that crazy, all the crazy murals and everything. And so I've been following these reports about this Cocked Pistol. Of course, you can't find anything about it. On uh, the DOD website or uh, or any any Pentagon related websites, uh, but I have to think that someone got. I mean, even come up with the code name was pretty interesting. And uh, well, you know, but this code name has been used before. Cocked pistol. Cocked pistol. Yeah, it was used uh, in 2010, uh, according to uh, the interwebs, for some Korean exercise that was taking place. Uh, 
when they were having uh, it says it actually actually went into play. It says U.S. goes to cock pistol alert or alert status after over Korean war fears. This was the uh, May event where the Koreans were you know bombing a, a shack on the other side of the border. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so cock pistol has to be something that predates that. In so far as a, as a methodology for hiding the president in the bunker. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's, uh, if, if you Google this, you'll see the same report over and over again. So it's obviously something that's propagated and is flowing through the wires. I do know that the president will be in Colorado on September 27th. Yeah, he gives a speech, j- jumps into a hole, <laughs> they block him up. And then, uh, they and then Ellen the and strikes, and then Ellen and strikes. That's and, and, and then the, out, co- the only man alive. <laughs> That's right. And guess he's going to come out the only man alive, and I'll go, oh crap, man! And she's the only woman. Uh. Oh, yeah. Uh. yeah. So um, that's your flying saucer report for the week. <laughs> Do you think I can get on coast to coast with that one? I don't know. I don't understand why we can't get you on coast to coast. Yeah, the- that would actually be a good one. That's just enough to get you on coast to coast for once. One yeah, segment. You've been on the radio. These radio shows are they bring it. We're going to bring you right on in a mi- in a minute, Mister Curry. Uh, Mister yeah. uh, Nori will be right with you. Just hey, uh, wait for the. We're going to turn you on and just wait for the. Everybody, uh, welcome to Coast yeah. to Coast AM. We have now on the phone. It's uh, Adam Curry. Now, Adam, you are sometimes known as the crackpot, and that's how it'll start off. You might as well just call me a douchebag. Actually, it'll come. It'll start off with you know. Nori does the old fashioned. He'll give the plugs and everything all in advance. Oh, really? Because he, a lot of these old time radio guys don't want to leave a lot of stuff out at the beginning because they don't want guys slipping plugs in because it sounds sleazy. Yeah. So, uh, Ron- and then you'll be on, and you'll say, "We'll be right back right after this message." It'll take a ten minute break of advertising. <laughs> yeah, advertising, on right? And on and on about one. Buy gold, buy gold, buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. Survivor seeds, crisis garden, buy gold. You want some storable food? Seeds. Yeah. You need seeds. Seeds. <laughs> you need food. <laughs> I do want to talk about uh, some PR work that I was. It was absolutely astounding. Did, were you able to see that that stupid ass lame uh, Tea Party presidential Republican debate before you no, left? No, but I, I, I did read a bunch of reports about it, and I guess Perry and Ron Paul are having the time of their lives. Well, actually, it was a complete setup. Uh, to try and uh, obliviate Ron Paul, a complete setup, and it was because of one. Co- actually, uh, so Wolf Blitzer is now because, gl- of course, Wolf Blitzer uh, hosted the event. These, th- what theater this is? And Wolf Blitzer is now all over this. He completely loves what he's done, but I think he was in collusion. If not, uh, CNN, of course, is probably reasonably easy to infiltrate and get them to do something. Because a question came out of left field, which was just is like the most outrageous question, I thought. Uh, and you probably didn't hear about this, but uh, part of the question is actually in this little piece, which Wolf Blitzer is now rerunning over and over incessantly. And then I'll pick it apart for you and tell you what actually happened here. Two days after our groundbreaking CNN Tea Party presidential debate in Tampa, Ron Paul still getting some heat about the answer he gave me. To one of my questions, uh, we have some new information uh, to put uh, the Republicans' views on health care into some context. 
For that, we asked Brian Todd to do some checking. Brian, what are you finding out? Wolf, as you know, Ron Paul stuck to his position that night. He never wavered, but what he didn't do, he didn't bring up a very personal story, a story of a close aide that he lost three years ago, a story that takes this way beyond the hypothetical for Ron Paul. It was one of the most pointed moments in the early debate season. Wolf Blitzer asked Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul, a staunch opponent of a government role in health care, what should happen to a 30-year-old man who can afford insurance, chooses not to buy it, then becomes catastrophically ill. He needs intensive care for six months. Who pays? That's what freedom is all about, taking your own risk. This whole idea that you have to prepare and take care of everybody. Asked if society should let the man die, Paul said no, and said in his experience, churches, charities, friends, and relatives would help. It's a circumstance Ron Paul knows intimately. In June of 2008, Paul's former campaign chairman, Kent Snyder, who Paul says talked him into running for president that year, died of pneumonia. Snyder had no insurance. So this was such an, a, a brilliant plan. That Wolf Blitzer asks a question specifically about a 30-year-old man who has no insurance, should we let him die? Fully well knowing, and I'll tell you why, because Matt Ortega told him, fully well knowing that this is something that, well, it depends on how you read the headline, but he, his campaign manager, about 30 years old, died of pneumonia. By the way, he did get health care. Uh, he died with a whole bunch of bills. So it's not like uh, if he had insurance, he would have lived. It made no difference because he, he got the, the care he needed. And immediately we have a website, lethimdie.com. Oh, brother. At the Tea Party GOP debate, it was asked if we should let an uninsured man die. The Tea Party audience cheered, applauded, and exclaimed, yeah! The American people want to know. And then that's, uh, would Rick Santorum let him die? Would Newt Gingrich let him die? So it's like all of the Republican can't, would John Huntsman let him die? So I'm like, wow. So I do the who is look up and lo and behold, oh, yeah. yeah, Matt Ortega has registered letimdie.com on September 12th. So presumably day of. This guy is, um, a member of New Partners. We've got to take a look at these guys. Uh, New Partners is a PR firm. Very interesting. Uh, and this Matt Ortega is one of the uh, people, so newpartners.com is one of the people who works there. Um, let's see. He was responsible for Barack Obama's historic Iowa caucus win, re responsible for uh, Barack Obama's groundbreaking national grassroots strategy. How grassroots is it if you have a PR firm working on it? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's called, uh, there's a name for that. It's called AstroTurf. Well, in fact, if you look at uh, new partners, they're, uh, they have strategic positioning, communications, research, grassroots organizing. Here you go. Our approach to field and grassroots organizing is guided by a belief in the power of people talking to people. Our peers, neighbors, community leaders, friends, and coworkers have become the ultimate tastemakers in a world where top-down communications doesn't get the job done anymore. We can help you create a robust grassroots organizing program. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the opposite of what grassroots is. Hey, play the douchebag thing, will you? Douchebag. So, uh, so uh, well, I'm looking at the uh, his LinkedIn uh, thing. Yeah, he is also. You should also mention he was in the he was on the Democratic National Committee as the web specialist, and you can tell by that website he just designed. He's a genius. 
Well, I think he actually uh, worked for the State Department. He's a techno expert. Yep, he was the ECA web developer for the State Department after that. Then he became the new media director of Clean Energy Works, according to his own bio, which is you, you cited. And uh, now he's the new media consultant. Yeah, this guy's a douchebag. And uh, this whole site, LetHimDie.com, if you uh, follow the trail, is uh, one of his clients... And one of his clients called Protect Your Care, which you can find at protectyourcare.org. Protect Your Care is a 501c4 organization that will create the political and media space for elected officials, industry leaders, and community advocates to champion the Affordable Care Act and hold accountable those who seek to take those benefits away. So they did a brilliant job. Of setting Ron Paul scamming up, CNN, scamming CNN, setting him. What a question! I think Wolf Blitzer said, "I got a good question. Let's ask him." No, uh, no of course not. He fully well knew. He fully well knew that this was going to happen. I mean, asshole, huh. Wolf Blitzer, douchebag, absolutely incontrovertible. <laughs> the guy's from Oakland. <laughs> of course, he's a gangster. He's in Oakland, raised in Hayward. Is oh, it, oh gosh, I don't, uh, Hayward. That's a that's where I refuel airplanes. You don't want to do anything else there. It's a nice little airport. Yeah. Um, something uh, very sad happening in Gitmo Nation East. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry, just to, not to belabor this idiot, but it's MattOrtega dot com. The uh, I can't believe, I mean, if this is a, I, I find it offensive that they would let the that guy from the DNC, essentially, write the questions for the Republican debate. Can't, you know, the Republic, Republicans can debate themselves with their own ideas. It was set up to completely discredit Ron Paul. Yeah. And make him look like a dick saying, yeah, people should die. There was another, right. part, there was another part of the debate where... Um, yeah, he, uh, which was kind of sad because people started booing him. And he basically... Ron Paul? Yeah, yeah, I don't have the clip oh, of it. Oh, that was set up too. Let's face it, they loaded the audience up Of course it boors. was set up. It was about, you know, Ron Paul said, we should ask ourselves why, uh, you know, why Muslim extremists were angry and bombed us. He says, because we've been bombing them, we'll be killing millions of people. And people went, boo. Yeah, yeah. right. So uh, Nathan Eccleston is a uh, soccer player, footballer for Liverpool. And uh, he tweeted, uh, I guess on uh, September 11th, he said, uh, I ain't going to say, I ain't going to, I ain't going to say attack. Don't let the media make you believe that was terrorists that did it to us. O-T-I-S. Hashtag. Uh, OTIS is the hashtag standing for only the Illuminati succeed. Big mistake by this young man uh, as uh, he's about to get kicked off the team. <laughs> yeah. You can't now you can't say anything. This is this is what it's come to. So if you have any standing in the world of uh, uh, if you have an audience, you can't say anything. Of course this guy, you know, look at his shirt. You know, Vodafone, he's got all, you know, he's got all kinds of advertising. You can't be saying that stuff. In fact, no. the, the club said, 
The club takes the club takes this matter extremely seriously, and senior officials have informed Nathan Eccleston that we are undertaking an investigation into the circumstances surrounding these postings. They will decide on an appropriate course of action, which will mean we will be cutting our testicles off. That's very, very sad. Is the and I know they don't have freedom of speech in Gitmo Nation East, but you know. Instead of people, people should be rioting again. Get on the streets, riot. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't have any CIA telling you to do that now. It's just sad. (laughs) Speaking of that, uh, here's the message in the the United States. Tweet about uh, illegal activity. If you rat on people, you will die. A chilling message to those who use social media in Mexico. Now, we have to warn you, the video that you're about to see is very graphic. But take a look. Two bodies hanging from a bridge with signs of torture. Messages left near the body said the victims were killed for denouncing drug cartel activity on a social network. Joining us with much more on this is Rafael Romo. Uh, Boy, that video is hard to look at. Uh, Tell us, what do you make of this? What do you know about it? Well, here's the bottom line, Randy. What happens is that in Mexico, media outlets have been threatened by organized crime. And for a long time now, they have practiced self-censorship. So what people were doing was using social media to report on the crimes happening, uh, crimes committed by uh, drug cartels and organized crime. So now, what's happening now is that uh, yesterday morning, they found two bodies hanging from a pedestrian bridge in the city of Nuevo Laredo. Just to put it in perspective to our viewers, this is across the border from Laredo, Texas. This is very important. You have to. This is very, this is America. So you might as well be in America across the border. And right next to the messages, there were uh, uh, posters indicating that this is going to happen to all those who are posting messages online, uh, reporting on. What's happening with the drug cartels, drug violence in Mexico? It's, so it's a very shocking and chilling message to people who are doing this in Mexico. So I think that this is a uh, shocking and chilling message, uh, basically telling everybody to shut up. I don't care what it's about. Shut up. Yeah, there's a definitely a shut up message involved. And, of course, it's right across the board. And the first thing you would logically think is, oh, well, if they can do it there, they can sneak across the board and kill me here. Mm-hmm. So but, I'm always, you know, under threat. But, but no, yeah, this is a uh, shut up slave. And by the uh, way, who, who's running and, the group? Did they explain? Can did they ex- did they explain what the social media connection was with this story? Were people tweeting stuff? Yeah, I mean, you can always set up a uh, an anonymous Twitter account and tweet on anything you want. It's it's just more psychological warfare, in my opinion. You could set up an anonymous uh, Facebook account pretty easily and tweet anything you tweet and then Facebook anything you want. <laughs> Facebook it. Yeah. Facebook well, it. Well, the whole idea is don't be saying anything on the tweeters because you could get killed. And we'll see if this yeah. propagates. No, it's, you get hung upside down from a bridge with your guts hanging out. All right, John, I know you got to you know, go. If they legalize the, the, these drugs, it would, this, none of this would even be a story. That's never going to happen, obviously, for these reasons. You can use it uh, as a fear, as a, a kind of a, just another thuggish thing to keep the public uh, under control. So to, uh, to end the show on a high note, and I really want to do it this time. Uh, can happen. Yeah, it can. It can. This, uh, for the, we do have producers in uh, New York City, but I think that uh, if, if they're getting away with it in New York City, which 
I'm not sure exactly how it works. I, I don't understand why this is okay. But if this is okay, we need to take to the streets and put up our own signs because there's a guy going around and he's creating crazy signs that look like actual street signs. They, they have the whole, they, you know, it's this, made of the same material. Uh, they're attached to light to lamp posts, except they have very, very frightening messages. Every block in New York City is loaded with traffic signs, alternate side, bus stop. But if you look up long enough to notice this one at 15th and 9th, you'll probably chuckle a bit. Just pay attention while walking. Your Facebook status update can wait. Courtesy of the Metropolitan Etiquette Authority, we track down the guy who's been putting these up around the city. We've got one that says, pull up your pants. No one wants to see your underwear. Jason Shelowitz says the signs cost him about 30 bucks a piece. He has a real street sign vendor make them, and according to him, the police don't seem to mind. I'm sure that there's some law against this. I haven't really researched it, but the message is positive, not defacing property, and they're not blocking any important signs. They're just sort of there as an extra thing for pedestrians to see. In Chelsea, Alex Silverman. The Metropolitan Etiquette Authority getting away with it. Well, you know, right down the street uh, from my house is one of those companies that makes signs like that. Well, I think this is a. Ve- I think this is a very they, good. They have the whole kit. You can have a sign made, you know, like a triangular yellow sign that says, you know, student crossing or whatever. And they have the strap, and they have the whole kit. You can just put the whole thing together and just find a good pole and, and get a ladder and put it up on there and you just crank it down and before anyone notices. <laughs> <laughs> One of our producers sent in some album art. <laughs> it's a it's a New York street sign. It says "Shut up, slave," and has like a guy with a with a bat hammering. Like, this is very funny. Hammering a guy on the ground says, "Pay your taxes." <laughs> That's great. We might use it. I know. Let's see what comes in. And of course, always uh, thanks to all of our uh, fantastic artists who uh, help us out with creating great album art. John, when are you coming back from Brasilia? Uh, I'm coming back uh, as soon as I can. I'll be back for Sunday for sure. Okay, good. So please do think of us. Think of the work we're putting in there for you. Uh, Helping you uh, seem smarter at cocktail parties. And the ones we all attend probably have plastic cups. Oh, before I forget, I do want to uh, thank... uh, the uh, anonymous no agenda producer known as Lotto, who purchased a uh, Ohio State lottery ticket for us. He says it's all I could afford. Uh, unfortunately, none of the numbers hit. But uh, actually, none of the numbers. <laughs> not a single one of them. <laughs> yeah, he should have just sent the dollar in. Yeah. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California, where I got to get out of this place. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from... Uh uh, Gitmo Nation Feijoada, otherwise known as Brazil. Uh, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be here again as your guiding light through a sea of poop on Sunday with no agenda. A cloud of dust and a hearty high silver. The Lone Ranger. Adios.
mofo. Are you silver? Dvorak.org slash N-A